People come back to the Fix Podcast, episode 225. It's a boy now here with Ari. All right, we have a couple of special guests in the building. One was invited, one was uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> and it's off screen. Eh? <laughs> well, if not, I don't know. Well, sometimes here, sometimes within the, 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 the recording, I think. But yes, on screen guests, official guests, president of Ineffable Records. There we go. Adam Gross in the building. He's telling us his, his middle name is. is, is. <laughs> His middle name, His middle name is, 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 is. These people yeah. actually believe that. Yeah. Obviously, you know. Is it gross or gross? Not yet. Adam is gross. Oh. Wow. That's what Americans say gross, right? That it's gross. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but most Americans say gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And me see man say, yeah, that's gross. gross. Yeah, that's so, gross. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. That's gross. Bless up. Welcome. Thanks for having um, me. Bless up. You're in town for the, the IMC, I believe. Yes, sir. Which is Isla Music Conference. There yep. we go. So what? Tell us a little bit about it. You're, you just promote it. I'm assuming you want to promote it a little bit, and like what you be doing on the panel and what what's your main area of topic. Yeah. So they invited me to come speak on a couple panels. So one is the pros and cons of owning your own masters. Mm-hmm. Something I care a lot about. I think all artists should own their masters, and I think that's something we can talk about here as well. And mm-hmm. the other topic that I'm going to talk about is reggae around the world um you know outside of jamaica what's going on with these different markets and all these different parts of the world so those are the kind of the two main things i want to talk about and something i focus a lot on in general is just kind of providing information to artists independent artists aspiring artists aspiring professionals about like how do you actually build your audience and how do you create a sustainable business for yourself Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of a lot of what i'm trying to put forward okay and then i mean the panel I'm, I'm assuming like most people always hit you up in the DMs or asking you questions and like, whoa, da, 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 da. so you feel like it just makes sense to just do this panel and be a part of this panel to answer all questions pretty much. Yeah. And I think it's just something I'm naturally thinking about all the time, mm-hmm. like probably too much. <laughs> like, so, you know, I started doing like social media content, just mm-hmm. talking about this stuff, like, I don't know, four weeks ago or something yeah. like that. And I've been getting a very good response to it. So wait, wait did you do, or you started to do the, because I, 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 I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. So you started to do it before you got invited or was it after you got invited? I don't the remember party? the exact... It's kind of okay. had nothing to do with it necessarily, yeah. mm. but it was just more so just like, I just generally think that like this entire industry works better when we're just sharing information. And mm-hmm. I think if you're afraid of sharing information, mm-hmm. it's because you're afraid that you're not going to keep learning more. And mm. there's a lot of old school gatekeepers that exist in this world mm-hmm. who if your entire business model is like hey i get this and then i connect you to this it's like fuck off mm. you know what i mean like it's not a sustainable thing for people so to me it's like let's share information with people let's give people the tools to grow their own fan bases mm-hmm. to put money in their pocket every month from their music mm-hmm. 
And, you know, if we need to work together, we work together. But if not, I just want to provide information because I think it's like something that we're just missing a lot of right mm. now. All right, before we go any further, inform the people as to what else is, it, is, it is that you do. Because yeah. I think yeah, I yeah. did your, your, your intro gross injustice. <laughs> That's that's clever. <laughs> I feel like I'm 11 again, which is like two years ago. No. Yeah, like um, what you do? Like what you do to be able to, so, to talk and speak at this? Yeah, so yeah. So you're president of Ineffable Records. President of Ineffable Records. Yeah. Um, that's one division of our company, Ineffable Music Group. Mm-hmm. So we have three main divisions. The record label, we have a management company, mm-hmm. and we have a live division. So mm-hmm. the management company, full service management, we manage artists, all aspects of their career. Live business, we own or operate 10 music venues mm. and we have ownership in a number of festivals as well. And then the record label, you know, we're signing artists just for on the recorded music side and developing those uh, projects, usually a project or two at a time mm. and kind of releasing that music and, and growing those audiences and focusing on doing deals where the artists are owning their masters, where they're owning their publishing and whatever we're asking for percentage wise, I feel like we're going to move the needle more and put more money in their pocket than if they went and uploaded it themselves mm-hmm. on DistroKid or one of these services and kept hundred percent. Okay, That's the way I think about anything I'm adding on. What is our value add? And is it great enough that it's going to put more money in their pocket than if they went on and did it themselves? Which is why I think this information is possible. So through all of that, between our management roster and our label roster, you know, we've become the top independent reg- reggae label uh, in the last four years in a row. If you pull up like the year-end Billboard labels chart, um, I'm not one of there's an award for this. Is there an award for it? Yeah, I don't like, think so. But <laughs> <laughs> for him to you know, say that, like, yeah, we're the top, like, we won awards for this. Like, no, but just pull up the, you know, no, no but I uh, think, you know. That's the award in itself. So, you know, I think we do that in terms of a lot of different markets. So we work with a lot of the biggest artists in the kind of American, California kind of scene. So mm. Stick Figure, who's become the biggest artist in that space, who also last four years in a row if you pull up the year-end artist charts it's bob Mm -hmm. marley number one in Mm -hmm. sales and stick figure number two Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we also work with some of the biggest artists in hawaii like j-book the green and then we work with a lot of artists in jamaica uh we put out an album for conscience we put out an album for demarco i saw that jesse royal was on your um, jesse royal's management Mm -hmm. client uh we do all kess kess the band's music out Mm -hmm. of trinidad so we do soca you know, we're looking for, we think that this whole entire scene exists worldwide a lot bigger than people see it to be. So like, I'll find something, this band we work with called DMP, they're from the Solomon Islands. Like, have you ever heard of the Solomon Islands before? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, a lot of people haven't heard of Solomon Islands. <laughs> it's, it's, do they have know, cameras there? They do have cameras there. <laughs> Camels. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Uh, we've already got inside jokes here, so no. But 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 just as an example, like that's a, a country, Solomon Islands. They have this band DMP, and they're huge there. Someone sends me the music. I'm like, this is dope. All right, let's do it. Like there is music, reggae music, and reggae influenced music all around the world. Yeah. And when all of these different places come together, the overall scene is much bigger than people think it is. So I mean, I realize that Ineffable Records really mostly focus on reggae music. So it's like a reggae music label. That's yeah. She, that's your, I guess, your differentiation from like, I guess, a Sony on. Um, yeah, I think I think reggae, mm-hmm. dancehall, soca, um, music that's influenced by all of that. The way I put it, especially like in the U.S. and kind of the different kind of bands that we work with, where it's like a combination of reggae and alternative or this or that. It's like in, in that space, it's like you know, it all it all meets at the beach. Mm. You know what I mean? Like these different scenes, and I think 
it's kind of looking at these different like Venn diagrams of where different music genres exist and trying to pull them together because people listen to music more today based off of mood and vibe than genre. So mm-hmm. I don't like to be like, yo, we work with this genre, that genre. Like I'm trying to think about things in terms of like, well, this could fit on a workout playlist or this could fit on your chill playlist or you're, mm-hmm. you're going out at night, like all really this kind Spotify of stuff. Behavior that's- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but all the platforms and, and just thinking about like, the more we can kind of create collaborations from different markets coming together, then the more that reach can expand. And that's something that I'm thinking about a lot is like, how can we take an artist from point A who has whatever number of monthly listeners mm-hmm. and how can I like think about it and be like, all right, yeah, we're going to double that. We're going to triple that. We're going to mm-hmm. quadruple that. And here's how that can happen. Yeah, so how I- did you get involved in this gentrification process? <laughs> <laughs> how did i get involved in this gentrification process well first of all uh should i answer the question about gentrification to start off or do i just take that as like let's start, let's start with the history because we can get into that too i mean that's, that's an important thing. i mean uh, you get the music well, why why reggae music yeah like, why yeah. Get involved? yeah yeah so i grew up i grew up in new york city originally mm-hmm. i live in california now um just oh, that's where the beach come in <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but New York, no. But New York, you know, just just the kind of music I I, I loved growing up mm. and I was exposed to. So even when I was in high school, I played in like a reggae band with a bunch of kids who lived in Flatbush, and we'd go and play. You know, I was the only non-Jamaican the kid in the band. We'd go play in the backing band at like churches and different things. So I got exposed to a lot of music from them. So like, Bears Hammond was like everybody's favorite artist at that mm. time when I was. I mean, I'm 27, so this isn't like that long ago that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And so. You know, I was influenced by this stuff. It's just what I—it's just what I loved. And then from there, over time, you know, as I kind of graduated college, and then I joined on with the people at, at my partners now at Ineffable, and then we kind of launched the label arm of the business and these different things. It's like over time, what I kind of began to realize is that like there's been a way in which artists have been really taken advantage of, and we can put forth a different model. Mm-hmm. Um, where people can actually be treated in a way that's fair and they can actually make money. And yeah, that's kind of the... Yeah, the, because the, you said it initially that, you know, it, you try to validate your proposition, as you say, where artists would come to you and it would make more sense to come to you because you you, you provide a service for them that they probably couldn't do it on their own or if they do it on their... If they, if, if they went straight independent. Like, but speak on that, like, how, why yeah. why would they should or why should an artist come to you as a label where we've seen so many, I guess, horror stories of how labels take advantage of artists or them get that enough that little you know they get little the yeah. artists get little and the artist the, the the label benefits mostly from it so yeah because like, i wake up in the middle of the night scared of becoming that guy uh. <laughs> like like Wait, you know what i mean like, like like i wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares of becoming the label that everyone is oh, you know okay, thinking okay. about in that way you mm-hmm. know like the the that that horror story of like all right now you've become the guy you don't want to be right mm-hmm. so that's when I think about adding something on mm-hmm. and when we think about bringing something into the fold, I have to feel very confident that we're going to be able to have the time, resources, and money necessary mm-hmm. to be able to treat that thing with the time and respect that it needs to be able to grow the, to be able to move the needle in that yeah. way. So because you mentioned Stick Figure too, because mm-hmm. I was reading an album, and, um, Man, an, album an article, and you talk about how Stick Figure, he was, he was pretty much an independent artist, but it still under, is, yeah. well, it still is, but it's under your, I guess under Ineffable's, I guess, tutelage or. Yeah. Stick is a, Stick is a management yeah. client. He's part of the mm-hmm. management division. The label, you know, assists in all of his releases. Um, 
Stick is an example of an artist who, yeah, basically has grown independently the whole time. Mm. He's a producer. He does every single element of the sound himself. And he just got better and better at producing every year of his life. He spends a crazy amount of time in the studio at all times mm-hmm. and just focuses on that every day. So you, he picked a sound, a consistent sound, a consistent message within the music. And people got drawn to it because it's providing a lot of value in their lives. You start, mm-hmm. so you go to the YouTube comments on his stuff and it's like, I was about to like literally jump off a bridge and then I listen. Like it's very like emotional in that way for people. And so there's been this thing that's been tactic. So it's like to- stick figures never fail. Mm. That's another inside joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not part of that one. I, I think the gross, uh, the, yeah, the camel, yeah. No, but but it's like it's like this idea of like you know, this is how you grow really an audience without having to be so reliant on other people. Is mm. you pick a sound and you get better and better and better at that sound, mm. and you have people who know what to expect from you. Mm. And then you can grow that audience. Those people are going to show it to other people. It's going to start recommending it in the algorithms to people who are similar to that. And it's going to keep growing. If you're shooting all over the place and you do one record that's like this and one record that's like that and all this stuff, it's way harder to actually build that fan base. So it's been done through that understanding of he understands his brand. He understands what the fans want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and thinks about stuff in terms of value add. Like, what am I doing? Okay. So what does Ineffable provide? So you say it's just management. So he's an independent artist. So that means what? He owns his publishing and... He owns his publishing and his masters. All of our label clients also own their publishing and their masters. Okay. Mm. Um, so then what What does Ineffable provide? to? So with for, for Stick, basically we're, oversee, we're helping oversee the three main parts of his business. So uh, live, merchandise, and recorded music. So that's the way okay. we see management client. Those are the three main things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're helping strategize to grow those three things mm-hmm. essentially. So I'm mainly focused on the recorded music side and growing mm-hmm. it there. Um, but the entire team, my partner, Thomas, who manages stick, um, you know, is overseeing all aspects of that. So even like the live side, which is a really interesting thing. I think a lot of people don't understand the way that, you know, the lo- building on the live side influences festivals and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all about building hard ticket history, which means yeah. I'm going to play the show in LA and I can sell this many tickets when it's my show, not a built in, you know, there's a reggae night, Tuesday night or this mm-hmm. or that. It's like, this is my show and I can sell this many tickets. Mm-hmm. And that's how promoters know how much to offer you for a festival in that market. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very an artist important who's built, touring strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very important. Touring built strategy. a hard ticket history over time mm-hmm. while also owning your masters and this merch business and you have all these things and you can then create, make the best decisions for yourself because yeah. you're not reliant on just one thing. You can go play a show in you know Europe if you're in the US and lose money or something like that because you have these other revenue streams. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why to me, the, the, the pushing forward master ownership mm-hmm. and us not owning masters of our, of our label clients yeah. and that and me thinking about our label clients in terms of very specifically, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Here's how I see how you're underperforming on Spotify, how you're underperforming right. on YouTube, how if we collaborate here or we put this producer in or okay. this or that, or here's the way I think of it in the next two years, mm-hmm. how I know we can grow it in this way. And you're not right 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Would you say that's a major difference between an independent label and a major label? Like some of the things that you, you mentioned that you do for your clients? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's there's independent labels that are bad actors as well. It's not just an independent versus major thing. Mm. And I think there are lots of people at majors who are, are doing good things too. So mm. I, it's not just one versus the other. Um, but I think specifically for us, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a matter of really rolling up our sleeves and being like, yo, what, what can I do here? Am I, am I just, I'm not just trying to make this like this huge pool of assets 
that mm. I'm invested in, that mm. if one of them pops off, I don't care if the rest fail. So yes, the major label model in general is I'm gonna shoot like, you know, I'm a mini. 500 yeah. bullets out there. And if I hit one person, this is a crazy analogy. I don't know why that gets my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 it's the America <laughs> Nino. I, I, my mind, it goes somewhere else too. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's yeah, like, so. Uh, I'm taking go ba- uh, that, basketball. Okay. Yeah, right, it's oh, a yeah, basketball yeah, measure. For sports, me, I yeah. miss 100% of the shots that I take in basketball. Yeah, so. But right. that's the major, that's the model. It's like, yo, you put up money in all these different things. Mm-hmm. You don't need to pay attention to all of them necessarily because if one is popping and then the rest of your money is coming from your catalog, the majority mm. of the money is coming from catalog 20, 30 plus years mm. ago. So then it's really a top heavy thing. The one or two records that are really hidden in that office, mm-hmm. that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna push into, especially because they're getting 85, 90% of the back end on it. So if it works out, boom, we have the lottery. I want to to ask no, isn't it not the goal of ineffable? to move from an independent label to a major label. That's not a part of the, like, the goal well, so to, to become bigger. Yeah, we're definitely always trying to get bigger and we're, mm. we're growing a lot every year. But what the, just to explain the kind of specific difference between independent label and major label, yeah. major label just means that you're owned by Warner, Universal, or Sony. Mm. So there's three big corporations who own a lot of these different subsidiaries, imprints in different countries. Um, so you'll have like Sony Music UK mm-hmm. and you'll have you know, Warner here, and then you have Columbia, or you have RCA and these mm-hmm. different sub labels. Um, and then they're also buying up a lot of independent distributors as well. Um, all, the same. all the time. Because mm. they're realizing that these things are growing because there's a specific value add here. Yeah. And it's okay, well, let's let's invest into this too. That, that so, is how independent labels become majors in a sense. Yeah. In a sense, I mean, conglomerates, right? Part, yeah. But they're not necessarily major. becoming majors. Like 300 parts of a major. Oh, okay. You know, uh. 300 Entertainment and that kind of whole model and, um, you know, the way they did that. And that's, you know, Kevin Lyles and, and Leo Cohen and that, that whole like, you know, thing in the Atlanta hip hop world. Like they got acquired by Warner, but they're mm. still kind of operating in like that independent kind of DNA of it all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's Some different can still have that sexy independent label. Say that label. Again? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no, so, yeah, that, some can still have that, you know, that appealing, yeah. I'm independent label attached to them. Yeah, you can. But they still have a, the help from a major. Yeah, you know, they you know, do, but you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, what you start to see over time is, you know, there's certain red tape. And again, there's a lot of advantages of being a major, there's advantages of being an independent and mm. everyone has their own things that make mm. sense for them, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of red tape in these situations. Like even if you're in a situation where you're, where you're with a, 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 um, a distributor that's owned by a major, there's certain things that a platform might be beta testing, like Spotify might be beta testing a certain feature and they won't allow you to beta test it because they need to negotiate on behalf of the entire business on how that's gonna work out before. Whereas if you're independent and someone's like, yeah, we're beta testing this new feature, you know, it's gonna increase the streams on this song by this much, but whatever, whatever, we can go in there and be like, yes, let's go. Let's beta test it, let's beta test it, let's beta test it. Mm -hmm. We're down to be a guinea pig. Or not, we don't need to wait two years until the lawyers have approved this new method of doing this mm. or that. It's just like, we see something we want to do and we can do it the next day. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's no, I mean, even if it works or it don't work, so you know in real time and you're willing to try it without, as they said, the bugger red tape. Really. Yeah. And well, I, yeah, and you also, you, you can get a chance to get the jump on something that's going to yeah. become a trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like something like Reels, you know, just to give an example, everybody would understand if you're, if you were, uh, independent artists and and Instagram said, "Hey, we're trying out this new thing called Reels, but we're only going to let a hundred artists do it at mm-hmm. first to see how it yeah. works." Mm-hmm. 
you can jump on that and be early. And yeah. what happens if you're early is then you know are ahead of the algorithm. Yeah. Mm. And, so, and catch then you up build you. up your audience right. quick on. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. And, and you can sense. get special treatment with the button. And yeah. <laughs> but it is like there are opportunities like every platform peaks in terms of its organic reach right yeah. mm. so like if you remember maybe three years ago when you post on instagram you maybe you got more views or likes than you do now or you know maybe not you guys because you got like a brand being built whatever but a lot of people like notice that right and that's because every platform reaches its peak because the company needs to get to a point where they have so many people on the platform mm -hmm. and then they need to start about profits, think about profitability. Mm -hmm. So then they wanna start charging you to reach your own audience. So that happens with every single platform and just most tech platforms in general. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, we're gonna get you to a point where your organic reach is great. Mm -hmm. It's gonna maximize and get as many people on the platform as possible. We're gonna loop you in where this is a part of your life. It's really valuable to you, to your business, to your brand, to whatever. Now you gotta start paying to reach that audience because we need to start being profitable. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Process. This yeah. Way. So like, that, so which give an example of which platform or is it Spotify? Because I know artists complain about Spotify all the time. Like they're saying that you know they you know the, it feels like the whole world have a Spotify except Jamaica. Car. Yeah, them not really like we. But the whole world pretty much have a um a Spotify account, and that's how most people consume their music. But you're saying that the artists now they have to like pay to play in some no aspect? no i know i think you know i think the in terms of like specifically the issue of you know why do dance hall artists from jamaica under index on spot i guess what it's called right it's you under index on certain platforms you over index on certain platforms mm -hmm. meaning the numbers on that platform that you're getting there are or are uh, representative of what your actual fan base is mm -hmm. or they're over or under representative right so spotify definitely it under indexes um kind of like the core dancehall artists where if you pull up the YouTube charts and yeah, you see there's different. a Chronic Law and a Skang mm -hmm. and a TJ and a, you know this that kind of group of artists and you pull up their Spotify numbers it's not nearly as high as you would think and yeah. I think that's you know I think that's happening for I think that's happening for a number of reasons I think you know the way that that music is consumed locally where it's mm -hmm. most popular is mainly YouTube mm -hmm. that's what people are going to they're not having to pay for a premium right. subscription right. and that's kind of where it's generating its most excitement and then Audio Mac as well mm -hmm. obviously here in terms of being like that thing that's like working in that way and so you know I think it's a matter of like well what is the primary consumption method where the music is most popular mm -hmm. and I think for that style of dance hall to continue to grow and to get to, I think, where it needs to get and where it will get, you know, there needs to be a continued kind of understanding of, well, what are some like intersecting uh, subgenres and genres and artists around the world that we can keep collaborating with and collaborate with them in a way where we're properly tagging the releases on Spotify to pop into their audience so we can bring those monthly listeners as to a part of our monthly listeners mm -hmm. and think about collaborations with places where we can grow this kind of overall space. Because mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's not necessarily an issue of, you know, or no, specific artists are being like not allowed to reach the audience they need to or need to pay for or something like that. Mm. It's just a matter of like, at the end of the day, you know what you know. And mm. if YouTube is the main thing you know and Audio Max is, is the main thing you know, the strategy for Spotify for a lot of these artists might not be their kind of top of mind thing. Yeah. But it is, I mean, Spotify, is it, does it pay more or versus like the YouTube, the Audio Max, does it pay more? Like Every platform pays a different amount in every single market. Yeah. Um, and you kind of guess which markets pay out better than others because um, it's 
based around a percentage of the entire money. So for instance, for Spotify, I believe they're paying out 70% of what comes into artists and then they keep like 30% of it. Mm. It might be 60, 40. I think it's around 70. And I, I know that it's better than YouTube. It's way better than YouTube. <laughs> I know it's better than YouTube. Yeah, it is better. Yeah. It is better than YouTube, but you can have a video that's doing really well on YouTube and, and you're making tons of money from yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You guys have a YouTube channel. like, and, and honestly, your whole entire thing and the way that you've built your brand on YouTube and the way the podcast has been built is a perfect example for how independent artists can build on every platform. Mm-hmm. Because you have found a thing that works for you guys developed a market where people know what to expect from you. And then over time, you're like, okay, well, I learned that this thumbnail works better than this thumbnail. So you're probably using a different thumbnail. You know, this title works better than this title. Mm-hmm. Oh, when we talk about this, look how many views these videos get in the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And let's make more videos like that. So you're learning from all this information you have yeah. to make the best decisions about your podcast. That's the same thing artists can do with their music. You've released 20 songs. Here's what's worked. Here's what wasn't, hasn't worked. And you can make those A&R decisions just based on information that you have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I read some of the recommendations yeah. we have for the artists for grow. And when we read through the whole of them, I say, you know, so we go through the whole process. <laughs> of our Let's talk about album, though, because you, you mentioned that where, and we were literally having a conversation about a, a, an album that was released. And we're looking at, the numbers mm. and i mean from your aspect as a president um you know jamaican music they don't really sell great like let's be honest like they don't like they must sell like 300 one sell three like it's it's very paltry and do you as a president you do you care about record sales for for jamaican artists because i don't think the space you know i think it's interesting because I, I i definitely think there's a a lot of you know kind of headlines mm. around when a, a jamaican artist drops an album and it's like numbers are in for the first week and they sold this many things and it's yeah. like you know it's not necessarily the best indicator mm. of popularity and mm. i think there's too much in our world in general the way social media and headlines and things work that like things that are going to create you know, like a negative attention or more engagement is going to just get out there more and people are going to engage with them more. So Mm -hmm. I think that has led to an extra focus on that kind of thing. That's not as important because the reality is like people need to understand that like the way that we consume is changing all the time. Like, yeah, there's no reason for me to go buy an album on iTunes. And I'm not going to go out there and be like, hey, you know what? You're a fan of this artist. You want to support them? Go buy it on iTunes. No. Mm. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of understanding that streaming equivalencies and how yeah. that works and a certain number of streams, you know, converts to the, to the album sale yeah. and thinking about things in that way. And also, you know, you could have a situation where you released... 15 singles before the album and you release your huge album and then all of those streams and those singles for that first week those equivalencies are counting towards um those album Album sales too and then there's all sorts of other stuff in terms of the way that you know um you know maybe you're on the road during that time and you're selling actual physical albums at shows and maybe you sell more physical albums at shows than you do if not so there's a lot of ways for these numbers to not necessarily be the most indicative of what's going on Mm -hmm. and i think people need to have a better understanding of that and be like it's just it's just not the end all be all because Mm -hmm. again like no we're not moving back to a time where people are going to start buying albums anymore Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just an antiquated way of thinking yeah because i I want to know is like why why is that with with the album sales at least people would want to know why is it that you know we have the likes of popcorn you have the likes of coffee shensia all of of which have released you know big albums Mm -hmm. within the last year or so why is it that they release their albums and you see the numbers that they do 
and then you look at stick figure now yeah. and you see that they do like over 10 to 13,000 yeah. first week like what's what are they doing differently how can we yeah. reach up to those figures yeah or I, artists I think, I think I think it's kind of the the method that stick has grown over time it's this mm. idea that people are waiting for each album like it's about you know, having that full length thing and it being a part of people's lives in that way and it not being hit reliant, mm. not being like, well, here's what everyone's talking about right now. I want to be a part of it. It's like, mm. this is, this is, you like that you know about it before everybody else. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you want to support it. Like there's this kind of idea of this fan karma meter where if you're an artist and you're giving people value all the time, you're creating content for people, you're putting it out there every single day, you're, you know, just giving stuff for free and they feel like, you know, in my life every day, you know, things aren't great all the time, this and that, I go on my social media and here's some stuff that's providing value. Then when you go and you ask for that favor to buy mm -hmm. a ticket, mm -hmm. to stream the album, to buy the album, people are way more likely to do it. So mm -hmm. I think it's just an understanding of a brand at such a really high level. And also the fact that we have to understand how different streams count. So like YouTube plays don't equivalent or do not do not work in the same way in terms of streaming equivalencies as Spotify stream. Mm -hmm. So naturally, if you're an artist who does a lot on YouTube, you know, your first week sales numbers aren't going to translate as well. So mm -hmm. I think it's just you have to think about where the music is consumed from mm -hmm. and how. And I think the best way to build on that and to have higher streaming equivalencies is to really focus on building the core. Like ultimately, the, the that stick figure story is about the core. Like there are core audience, core audience, mm -hmm. people who would say this is my number one favorite artist, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna listen to every album that comes out for the rest of my life. Yeah, like, and, and it's gonna keep the production quality is gonna keep getting better, mm -hmm. and this is my number one thing. That's 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 the thing really. And I think mm -hmm. there's certain artists that have done that really well and who have kind of built cores in that way. Obviously, I actually think that you know an interesting example is when you think of like. You know, when Dex Adapts was putting out his album and Call Me If was kind of doing his thing and that. And, and Dexta to me was a good example of an artist who there aren't, when you look at the artists that are popular on the YouTube charts in Jamaica versus a dancehall artist that might be popular in the US or in the mm. UK or here and that, Dexta to me is a good example of somebody who's able to kind of do a bit of both. Mm. And that album streamed really well. Yeah. You know, because you do need to have the support of your core audience, mm -hmm. but you also need to live with, you know, beyond that. Yeah. And I realize that the the, the live music aspect that, or the, the venues that you guys um, have ownership in is also instrumental for the artists because people don't buy, as you say, and I realize that people don't buy physical albums anymore, but they do go to a concert. They do go to the shows. And I think that does that in any way. Um, does it correlate in, in any way with their, their overall... I mean, it doesn't correlate with the album sales, no? But it's just, just, it's just another good stream of income to have. And that's where you say where their audience, as you said, the core audience come to support. Yeah, I think it's maybe, I think us being on the live side, we really understand mm -hmm. how the live world works and mm -hmm. how to build somebody and how to build your hard ticket history and get you to a point where, you know, you have this demand in as many markets as possible. Because mm -hmm. um, these artists are playing, you know, majority venues that aren't necessarily ours because mm -hmm. it's a huge country and yeah. whatever. But I do think it's wait. So sorry, like how many people can the your, your most like your largest venue? Um, people? like nine hundred. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so mid 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 level smaller rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think understanding the live aspect of things, like our the Kali Buzz was our first ever client before my time, and my partners Igor and Thomas they started managing him 
they went to college together. Kali came out, did a show at their, their local venue, The Catalyst in Santa Cruz, California. And, you know, that kind of started the relationship there. They built Kali as a hard ticket artist with a core, mm. right? He has a lot of markets within the U.S. and different places and then built himself independently where he has a great merch game. He has great mm -hmm. live numbers and he has great streaming numbers and he's making money directly from his streams. Mm -hmm. But it's been built from a long, long time ago to be a hard ticket artist. And I think it's that is the that's one of the biggest advantages we talk about these different markets around the world that artists mm -hmm. that are from the country that they're trying to build in half. Right. If you go to France and you want to go to a reggae show, the artist who's going to sell the most tickets in France is an artist from France. Mm. They have an advantage. They're in France and they're building in France. If you go to California, an artist in California is building in California. It's a real disadvantage and a serious problem mm -hmm. that we have where if you're in Jamaica, you have the entire world to build in. So where do you go focus in? And you have, <laughs> that was actually on purpose. Uh, this is sponsored by. Um, right. <laughs> you know, there's there's like this this idea that you know you have so many different places that you can focus on, and then there's if you want to go tour in the U.S., you have to pay thirty percent to the U.S. government, and you got to fly in your yeah. band. And yeah. there's serious disadvantages and, and things that need to be done to to make that process easier. But it's that's really one of the, the barriers to entry of artists in whatever country they're in have an advantage in that country. Would Ellipable Records help in that way? If in terms of sign with you, would you be able to help in moving the bond and Yeah, I mean I think I think I think anything we're doing, we want to figure out how to build it in, in the US and, mm -hmm. and, and in everywhere. Um so yeah, I think it's just about identifying, you know, where something makes sense and mm -hmm. then like kind of pushing it forward. It seems like with all that you just said, you've been you've been able to create like a, your own reggae ecosystem, yeah. if you're a reggae oriented ecosystem, if you will. Yeah, and 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 honestly, the way I think about it is like there's a physical and a digital ecosystem mm. in every single scene that there is, right? Like you pull up specifically if you're in Jamaica and you go on YouTube and you're a fan of like the the Valiant and like this kind of sound, right? Like. You pull up one video and it's going to start recommending you all sorts of other videos that are similar. Mm -hmm. You're part of that digital ecosystem. Mm -hmm. If you're on Spotify in the US and you're listening to Stick Figure and Stick Figure is growing at the top of that scene, then people who are making similar music, the algorithm can start recommending it to stuff. And so it creates a whole other ecosystem mm -hmm. below it. It's the same thing that's happening with YouTube here with artists. And that's where artists need to continue to expand and understand how each platform works because as those scenes grow and as there are kind of artists that are growing in those different places, it creates an entire ecosystem beneath it. And I think when you think about artists like Sean Paul and Shaggy and kind of like that level, it's like they have markets literally everywhere in the world they mm -hmm. can tap into mm -hmm. and kind of grow in those places. And even those artists specifically having those markets worldwide does allow people who make similar music to have something that's going to get recommended to it, right? And I think this, this is where algorithms are really important because like if you don't have like, let's say there's a, a genre and there's no you know, major female artist in that genre, right? And the biggest male artist is 20 times bigger than the biggest female artist in that space. If you're a smaller female artist starting off, 
the algorithm has nowhere to recommend you. It's going to recommend you to the fans of that big male artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's certain men who don't want to blast the music in their car of a woman singing because they're uncomfortable with whatever the fuck it is. You can't tell <laughs> me what to do. The algorithm starts to squash yeah. female artists. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, yeah, you look at gender too, like even that gender, the gender of the person is listening. It doesn't, the algorithm isn't necessarily oh. saying, oh, the gender of the so- of the person is this or that, but what it is doing is it's saying, all right, I'm going to recommend this song to under the ecosystem of whoever the biggest artist is in this space. Mm-hmm. And if the biggest artist is a male artist and the next biggest female artist is 20 times smaller and it recommends it to the male artist and 60, 70% of that male artist's fans are men, it's going to recommend it to those men and they're going to not finish the song maybe because they're, as I said, they don't like feel comfortable listening to that stuff or mm-hmm. whatever stupid thing it is. And it's going to make that song seem like it's not doing as well because people okay. aren't going to like it as much. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just starts squashing things, right? And and all algorithms are just learning human behavior yeah. in certain respects, right? But then there's other crazy things too where you notice trends where all of a sudden, you know, you can't get YouTube ads to run in a certain market if it's like overly sexualized. And then you're like, oh, wait, like, Hmm. Why is it saying this is overly sexualized? This isn't overly sexualized. Why is it? Is there like a racial element to this? Is mm-hmm. there, you know, there's literally so many different things that these computers learn over time, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's based in like just ridiculous, you know, sometimes antiquated stuff. And then sometimes just well, it wouldn't that be the programmer because the, 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 the AI is learning from the person who programmed it. So it's the programmer's own, I guess. To, guys, right. to, to some extent for sure but also just like that method that i just explained specifically of like the streaming of the male arts and the female arts mm-hmm. like that's literally just it not knowing the algorithm not knowing who to recommend it to because there isn't that space but once you have that top level thing mm-hmm. everything can grow beneath it once one when you think about like the more like um you know reggae revival like kind of movement or whatever you know people want to call it different things and mm. you know when 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 the chronology album came out for chronics like at that point in time he had the show in uh, new york or in brooklyn at um celebrate brooklyn it was a free show and then at, the next day there was an article in new york times rob kenner awesome writer wrote saying like you know chronics has taken over the world reggae blah 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 mm-hmm. right there was this moment where like there was such an excitement over that album release yeah such an excitement and he was kind of the biggest the leader of that space yeah so everybody beneath it had a way better opportunity to get on a tour to get on in the digital ecosystem to get recommended things so it's just a matter of whoever these top line people are mm-hmm. you know depending on where they are it creates a whole ecosystem below they pull it. people with them yeah yeah uh, my other question too is that yeah, you, t- you talk about not hit driven which is weird for right. Jamaicans because right. Jamaicans love hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's one of the topics and that we actually... And if you not hit, you yeah. uh-huh. And it's one of the topics that we're actually going to discuss, Um, you know, where the new artist, as he mentioned, Valiant, he mm-hmm. him song Don't Check, and he had yeah, a bunch huge. of other songs, huge. And I, and I guess one fan of his that like, realized or recognized that his recent song, Hall of Fame, um, it wasn't getting the hits or mm-hmm. the views, the same views as some of his other songs, yeah, like Black like Party, Don't Check. In check. the same, the same Saint time or whatever. Mm. And, you know, I guess they're saying like, oh, you know, people want to talk about the certain content or whatever. But what you're saying, though, and I think it's so key because you're saying that stick figures, I'm going to use stick figures because I guess they're your main um, artist, but stick figures, stick figure 
he does the same songs, the same sound and the same message. And consistent. it's this consistency yeah. of what he does. Well, we in Jamaica, we like variety and we want to do different no, I things. Don't, yeah. I don't think that's a problem. What do you think? I think there's two things. I think that we, our diaspora and our core audience, we're very crab in a barrel. We're negative. Mm. We're, the reason we do that first week sale thing to, so much mm-hmm. is because we're like, look at the hype this artists have. We're just waiting for them to fail. Mm. Want, their first, week, want their first week numbers to come out and want to stick it in everybody's face and say, so you think this artist's a hype? Let them know nothing in the first week. See it there? Because I it, see it. I but, see but it all the time. But is it just us and our culture? Because yes. them do it overseas as they, well. They but, do it, but we, it's, for us, it's a, it's a big thing. Hmm. And like when you go to even a show in Jamaica and an artist performing, our attitude is like, impress me. Let me see. That is true. We don't I, go to a show like, oh, I'm a fan of this artist. Yeah. No matter what they do on the stage, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh-huh. No. We go there to, without buckling your hand, waiting for them to do something you don't like. Oh, mm. you're talking about right? the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just saying generally, our generally. attitude yeah. is, is, is formed that way. I agree. Mm. So yeah. instead of us being this, having this attitude of, well, I kind of like, you're going with good intentions. But no, but, well, not the sad. It's always adversarial, adversarial as well. Is that mm-hmm. if it's like, are you guys or a gully? Mm, like, yeah. why can't I be both? Why can't I like both artists? No, you're not allowed to. Yeah, pick one. Yeah, they've been always trying to assign a side to us. And by, by picking one, you now have to root for the downfall of the other. Yes, mm-hmm. that does not that does not behoove growth no. within a genre. It no. doesn't. No, I I think you know, one thing that's really interesting is too is like. Not being hit reliant doesn't mean not also wanting to have the biggest record possible. Okay. Mm. You know, so I think of, you know, some different clients of ours, like, um, I think Kess, you know, Kess the band, Kess, Kess the band, Soka artist is not hit reliant. Mm. Puts out a lot of big songs that do really well, but people aren't like, oh, Kess's song didn't do really well or this Mm. or that, but it exists in a space where it can get radio play in certain markets. You can start, you know, getting into new lanes and growing and this and that, and it has pot- hit potential, but there's a core, like it's really about, is there a core that's going to listen to your song and be excited for it no matter what's going on? Mm. I think Collie Buds is another example of that where not hit reliant, but he also can make hits. Mm. Like you have a consistent thing you're growing. He had a record called Love and Reggae that dropped um, in 2018 big song one of the biggest songs in kenya trinidad costa rica um throughout the you know big song in the u.s like you know it's streaming better than you know basically it's streaming better than come around is mm-hmm. now um wow. big song you <laughs> know mm-hmm. and if you are consistently building your fan base and you're consistently taking those shots on goal to grow your core, mm-hmm. then when you do have a song that has hit potential your odds of it becoming a hit are way greater because that first outer ring of people that first inner ring of people yeah. is, wider. is gonna listen to it. Yeah, mm. it's wider, and there's a bigger ring of people. And I think the Soka space has done that in in in, in a lot of ways because it's so live oriented too, mm-hmm. and it's so built around this carnival season yeah. and this this time that everyone is so excited about. Everyone yeah. in Trinidad leading up to the season, it's like everyone is so pumped. Pumped like, like the entire country. The entire country seems people to be. People are flying in. in. Accord, like yeah. it's it's that's where I'm going after after this. I'm going oh, to Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, like, flights. you know, there's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was laughing because we're looking up tr- 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 flights to Trinidad and I would just see the flights to them like... Oh, you guys come with me? Sunday? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $1,500 for one flight. Not a box. US. No, that's Oh, my flight was like 200 bucks. When you book? US. When you book? Last week. 
Really? Caribbean Airlines Sunday. What? I was no. looking. There's at also a cruise. You know? Lick, really? Yeah. There's also a swim. A, a, cru- a cruise. No, a cruise that leaves from Barbados that carry you there and. Huh. Oh, it's like one thing. Yeah, it's a vibe. It was expensive. Epic. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you messaged me, you, you did you did message me and, and said that there's a lot that to learn from Soka. Yeah. So yeah. Apart from what you've already gone into, what else is there that we could learn? I mean, I think it's hard to figure out how it can exist in it, in its way here because again, the space is built around live, right? So I'm not sure exactly how that would be replicated. Mm. But, but we, I we do need to think build our live music scene in Jamaica. The live mm. music scene. So is it different in Soka? Like where, yeah. is there like it's, it's, spaces for, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, because you have to be able to perform with a band live in person. Like mm-hmm. you're not going and pulling up with a track show or doing this, that like mm-hmm. you have to be able to perform and that's what everyone is excited to see. Mm. And so like it's built into the way these artists are growing. It's like, that's why like Kess can go to, New York or Miami or Toronto and sell like thousands and thousands of tickets mm-hmm. because that di- worldwide diaspora of Trinis and of, of, of people who are Soka fans are in all these other places in the world too now, but they still associate that whole season. So, you know, I think it's just like figuring out how to, you know, I mean, I think, the, I think February and reggae month and this whole thing is a great kind of thing that exists mm-hmm. and that it's obviously different, but it's something there. But I, I do think it's just about, it's about scenes and it's about people collaborating and not and it not being oh I'm this person versus this person, but it's mm-hmm. about like everybody's working together, rising tide lifts all boats kind of thing, you know. So that's what we don't get. <laughs> we we really are as Steve's are like grabbing the bar, like it's very who's Steve. Um, yeah, random. The random guy. Random guy. Random guy off mic. <laughs> like, it off really mic, is yeah. adversarial and, and crabbing a bar. Like, we, you know, when one person do well, like, oh, obviously, that means I'm not doing well. That's that's really the vibe here. And I think, you know, I, I think there's also a lot that the core dance hall scene here, from here, that people from other markets can learn from too. Mm-hmm. Like, undoubtedly like there is something here where like you work a record on the streets like you work a record with the djs like mm-hmm. you're getting it out like there is a grind mm-hmm. to like You're creating facts. a hit record so let's not facts. like let's not discount this like mm-hmm. you know i think it's just we're just talking about you know how different things can grow and different mm-hmm. like that. but like if we're gonna get really down and dirty with it like it's it's a grind, but is it effective? And are there other effective means and methods to achieving that hit? I guess that's the question, really. I think it's interesting when you look at if you pull up something like, like the Apple Apple Music to me is an interesting place to look at charts because it's the only one of the only streaming platforms where you can actually see streaming charts. Mm-hmm. So you can pull up and say, "Yo, Apple Music singles reggae." And it'll show you the top 100, 200. Mm-hmm. And it's just an understanding of how much each song is streaming in the past day or two. Mm-hmm. And Apple Music is used around the world, right? So mm-hmm. it's a really good indicator of, I think, what people are listening to worldwide. And if you look at those songs, and this is, I think, a really interesting thing people could do. You pull up that chart and you say, okay, how many of these songs came out in the past three years, right? Four years. What do those songs have in common? And that's how you can get a sense of what's working and what's mm. not working in terms of globally, mm. you know. And I brought up I brought up the Dexadaps "Call Me If" thing because that's a record that has a single that was working on, you know, it is working and and was on those charts. Or 
you know, an artist who might not be as popular in Jamaica, but is in the U.S. and other places, in the U.K. and other places, dance hall wise, Cranium, mm-hmm. right? Like Cranium, um, Gal Policy. I sound ridiculous saying that word. <laughs> yeah, it is. G-Y-A. You know, I knew it was going to come out. I, I, I was like, all right, let me think of a different song. Right here. You know what I mean? Uh, we can. Like, we you know, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, you know, that was a uh, really huge record. Similarly, on those charts, whatever. They're working those records. Like, mm. that that team, shout out to, to Pee Wee. Shout out mm. Pee Wee. Shout out to Pierre. Like, they're not relying on somebody else. Like no. they're going in and they're getting the the song to the DJs mm-hmm. who are going to be DJing every single street party in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in here, in there. Like there's a real method to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's that about that's a look on this too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, it's continuing. Yeah. Saying. Well, now I just got to think about what other words. Let me let me ask a question. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception misconception that people have about streaming? You speak about that you can't make money from it. Mm. (laughs) Like, and that like, oh, we should go back to the days where we were selling CDs and I wish we were doing this. Like, no, like, first of all, I didn't grow up with, with like buying CDs or this and that. I grew up with like YouTube and iTunes. LimeWire. No, you grew up with LimeWire. LimeWire was a thing, but yeah. Not Napster either. Yeah, the Napster (laughs) kind of thing. So, so it's like, to me, it was like iTunes and then it was into streaming. So I don't have any like romanticization, like, oh, I wish we were selling all these records and this or that. It's Mm. like, what people don't realize about streaming is like, if you go on iTunes and buy an album today for $10 and then you listen to that album like tens of thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times, and you just keep listening to it over and over again, that artist is never monetizing it again besides that initial buy. Mm. With streaming, Sure, each time you press play, it's not paying them that much, but they're monetizing it forever. And the discovery process and the monetization process are one and the same. So you discover the song on YouTube or on Apple or on Spotify or on Pandora or wherever, and the second you discover it, you're streaming it and they're making money. So mm. the idea that you can grow a catalog of music that you own that you can make money off of every month and then you can go out and make those best touring decisions mm-hmm. and make the best decisions for your life mm-hmm. and not have to play 50 or 100 shows a year when you're 60 years old. You know what I mean? Like you, you can make these decisions and streaming has allowed us to get to a place where you can reach people without being reliant on the middleman mm. and without being reliant on a huge budget. You can growth hack things, you know, you can grow audiences. I, I keep, I, I'll go back to your, your podcast because again, it's a perfect example. Like a podcast like yours, if this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's like, you got to get a deal with a cable station and then yeah. this, and then they're going to tell you, you got to say this. You don't want to say this because no, it's going like to piss off this yeah. advertiser mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like independent media right now mm-hmm. is growing because of these things that exist. And, and streaming to me is that. Like streaming is a really a good thing. Which is, which you, we can use, people hate when I use it. American version, but like NBA Youngboy, apparently he is not radio friendly at all. His thing mm-hmm. don't play on radio, but he's the biggest thing on the streaming platforms yep. because he's, as you said, core audience and he's not hit reliant and it's all there supporting him through streaming. Yep. So that's the benefit of it. Yeah. yeah he's and consistently he just giving out product to his client base that they want to consume. Yeah. Which is the songs, right? A crazy yeah. amount yeah. of content. Like, oh. He released like, 12 out al- I mean something crazy number of albums and I and I, I don't Sizzler. you know like you have to keep 
And I think there is this volume. I think this is another kind of issue and, yeah. and something that's interesting is the volume game versus not. And yeah. yeah. You, because you know, as a person, like how would you tell your odd, um your artist? Because we in Jamaica sometimes we complain like, oh, people are kill them songs. Yeah. And then would I put out one song this week and then next week is our next song and whatever. Yeah. But some artists like have one song and then push it for the entire year. Yeah. Like, does that work? Like, how can you? I think it depends on where you are in your career and what you're trying to do. So if you're early on and you don't have like a real band base necessarily yet mm-hmm. you do want to be releasing super consistently mm. every single week probably a bit much mm. a little bit less than that yeah you want to be released consistently do you want to go out there and spend a ton of money on every single music video and drop a song every other week absolutely not mm. you should be dropping consistently often quality maybe have some sort of visualize or something for it see what's working and then invest in that thing mm. but you don't know what people want from you yet True. If you're if you're a new artist, like you gotta test the waters and see mm-hmm. what people want, and then double down on that thing, and don't think that you know you need to start off with this huge music video and this and that in order for that song to have its potential. See what's getting the best response, and then make that video. And I think you know once you get to a different level, then it makes sense maybe to to space out those releases more to have mm-hmm. to drive all your attention to one place. You don't want to, if you split attention. If you drop a song this week and a song the next week. And your, fa- your your biggest fans, half of them are going here, half of them are going there. It doesn't give that song the potential to get as much streams as possible and exist further in the algorithm. Mm. So, you know, you want to push. And going back to the the the, the cranium example is mm. is right on that point too. They push a single, they push singles for a long time. Yeah. Um. And and you work them. And I think what people do way too often is give up on songs early. Mm. Because yeah, I think a so. Lot of like songs- what? What do you mean? Like which? How, how long? You think, how long is a good? What is the right amount of time? Before you give up on a song, think about My a lot of the one. biggest <laughs> dance hall records that 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 I hate the term crossed over, right? Like mm-hmm. Hold Ya, Egyptian. Mm-hmm. That was out for a long time before yes, it came it back around for the summer. Mm-hmm. Party Animal, Charlie yeah, Black. Yeah, yeah. Then long they do the Daddy time. Yankee remix. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. In the Omi. right? Right. Yeah, Cheerleader Omi. was mm-hmm. out for like three years before. He, yeah. yeah. So that's... everyone wants mm-hmm. to. Everyone wants to. You know give up on something but like we have to think about seasons like yes this music does do better in the summer so let's come around again all right you know what it's gonna dip down monthly listeners on on spotify and and on other platforms like you dip like christmas is like everybody's lowest streaming day unless you're mariah carey and then Mm -hmm. like july is a top (laughs) you know and i think it's like that's the you know that's the kind of interesting thing of it all Mm. with the streaming thing i know this isn't really a big concern in regards to the music but I think there are some people that worry about messing with the art in yeah, the sense that for sure. you can have them go in and switch around things while they're already out. I know that's a bigger concern with movies now. Like, you know, like with the streaming platforms, they can go in and change on this or them. Like, or, or, I guess the, 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 the thing in comparison with buying albums, like it's the physical copy and it have a bit of, you know, value in regards to this is something that i bought and that i own while with the streaming is like things can still be changed around and things like that i don't know if it's that that's a big concern within the music i don't know but the art aspect of it i think that authenticity is hard to replicate or fake like mm. i think that a lot of the artists that are successful are doing their own thing. Everyone's mm. creative, like the definition of creativity, like you have to be influenced by other things. Like no one is not influenced by other things, but taking that in and creating your own version of it 
and finding something that's authentically you and then growing from that point forward is always going to is always going to win. Like, so I think that, yeah, I don't think we should be making decisions just based off of what, you know, oh, like this is what everyone's doing or this is what's popular mm. or this or that. I, I do think there is still always going to be value in like doing what's authentically you and sticking with it. And that's the same thing with content creation too. It's like, it's like, like the biggest influencers, a lot of them are just like doing stuff that like they're good at or that they learn how to do. And then you have people trying to replicate the same things mm-hmm. and they can't grow an audience because mm-hmm. it's like they're just trying to copy this person, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I think it's like, there's just more data out there, but I think we need to be thinking with both data and just general like gut feeling vibe. A hit is a hit. Like you hear something, it's dope. You want to listen to it over and over again. Like when someone sends me an unreleased song that I'm excited about, like I will put my headphones on and just start walking around like in the parking lot in circles for like an hour. <laughs> and people, people are like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a big conversation that Afrobeat is no surpassing dancer. What's mm-hmm. your perspective on, on that? So let's think about this, right? So, so how many people live in Jamaica? Three million? Yeah, yeah. two point. How many people live in the entire Caribbean? Enough. <laughs> right. So the overall diaspora that we're talking about of the Caribbean diaspora is tiny in comparison to what Afrobeats is. Mm. You're talking about a billion plus. You're talking about countries like Kenya, whose populations are bigger than the entire Caribbean combined, right? So this goes back to this concept of- Yeah, South Africa, yeah. Everything going on in Ghana. I mean, so you think about the the sheer size of that first ring that we were talking about before. What is your core? Who are the most reachable people that are gonna listen to your music first? It's just so much bigger in Afrobeats. I think it's the same exact thing that's going on with um, a lot of Latin music and reggaeton and yeah. Bad Bunny, who's now basically the top streaming artist in the mm-hmm. world. By the way, I think you should have won album of the year. I don't have an opinion, to be honest. <laughs> good answer. Good. I answer. really don't. <laughs> okay. Um, a random but, question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Bad Bunny and these guys are using a '90s dembow beat, like it's, mm-hmm. it's dancehall. So, but how many Spanish speaking people are there worldwide in that diaspora? A lot. So now it's 25% of music consumption in the US. Mm. So massive. it's just about that first ring. If so, in order for a dancehall artist to succeed at the same level as an Afrobeats artist, the song has to be a lot better mm. because the first ring of people that understand Patois and that are gonna get what's going on is so much smaller. So you have to really like, hit it out of the park Mm. in order for it's a baseball analogy i don't know if people really get that (laughs) (laughs) crooked gets you hit it out of the park you know so (laughs) there's a there there's serious disadvantages but like we have to under like that is such an important thing for people to understand like the main reason of it is that just the sheer size of of these but you know but i mean we can't have a little back and forth here because in initially like when it come out of course like it was big Afrobeat was big only in Africa mm-hmm. but now it's really like spreading its wings mm-hmm. it's coming here it's going America internationally People, especially really where growing. dancehall and reggae already had a leg up yeah, yeah no it say. feels as if and I mean Jamaica is small in compare but the reach that dancehall had I mean or how depending on who you talk to it's huge. It, it's huge but no it's really growing afrobeat is growing so it's not just the core right no, now we see where the core is now expanding worldwide compared to jamaica it's still kind of tricky you know and i'm thinking where we should we should be moving forward in that sense mm-hmm. i think we're almost stagnant maybe regressing you know it's interesting it's like i 
you know, no one ever wants to be like the Beer of old guy saying oh. like, this is how the kids should be making music. And like, it's all, that's all BS, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like people should make music the way they want to make music. Right? Mm. But when people argue that Afrobeats versus like the core today dance hall is easier to dance to. Like people make that argument, like okay, Afrobeats you put on in the club and it's easier to dance to than maybe like what the kind of core hits are today, right? People make that argument. Another another point to make is a lot of what happened with Afrobeats around the world into these different markets, they were able to tap into what dance hall started. So you go to you go to you have to explain that to them. So like you have like you have people who were listening to dance hall or people who were programming dance hall in different markets. Like if you go to London and kind of the way that BBC One Extra and and the way that um, you know certain markets are have been built in to start to support dance hall. Once Afrobeats started being a thing, there were kind of these these um, low hanging fruit you know things to easily hop into to promote themselves to get looks because dancehall had built that kind of groundwork right where people were supporting this style of music from elsewhere that had that is similar in certain respects to dancehall right so it had this moment where it could tap into these different lanes and yes you're right it's not just about it's existing well beyond the core but the core is what allows it to spread more right like that's my point is that first ring is so much greater mm-hmm. And things spread way more based off of word of mouth than anything else. So if you have a billion people, and this is becoming a billion people's favorite style of music, it's going to spread way faster than if you have a core of 20, 30 million, Mm -hmm. and it's going to spread from there. I'm wondering, too, if because there is also a huge um, African immigrant market, well, like booming, like there are a lot of um, African Mm -hmm. immigrants, Mm -hmm. and they probably want their music. So I was also wondering if that also influenced its reach in America, where it's becoming this, I guess, popular now, like it's growing in popularity. For sure. And and I think, you know, that's definitely true. I think another thing that, you know, we need to talk about more, and I think Sean Paul has done a really good job of talking about this a lot, where he'll say, I wish that when Ed Sheeran or Justin Bieber did a record with a dancehall beat, they this would say, this is a dancehall beat. Host. Yeah, this is a dancehall song, right? This yeah. is a dancehall song. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm people sorry. started saying that and they labeled it dancehall and yeah. dancehall. Then people would be able to check out these other artists more. And I think, you know, back to your uh, gentrification <laughs> point, <laughs> you know, one thing that a lot of the artists who are in the US who have been influenced by reggae music from Jamaica they don't go out there and say I'm making alternative music mm. because it's also influenced by other stuff. They're mm. saying I make reggae music. I'm influenced by music from Jamaica. Yeah. yeah, they say reggae. Like when when Stick Figure goes and plays Coachella this year, the announcement post that he made was, you know, can't wait to bring reggae music to Coachella. Mm. It's not. So like, I'm not trying to just be like, yo, I'm making alternative music. This. So I think but it's people a, don't it's, do that with dancehall. But people no. don't do that with dancehall. Mm. They don't claim it. So no. if if all of these artists were making reggae influenced music, you know, if you know we work with you know artists in Hawaii and here and there, it's like if they were to not call it reggae anymore, the reach of reggae would be so much would less shrink. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And people wouldn't know to go check out these. So when Stick puts out this album, Barrington, you know, is on a song, and then there's all these people who hadn't heard of Barrington before now Barrington know about. Abby, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it creates those opportunities. So I think there obviously are, you know, concerns and, and these things that are fair about, you know, cultural appropriation and gentrification, yeah. these aspects, mm-hmm. obviously. But I think people don't make the analogy enough of what's happened with dance hall because people don't perceive pop songs as actually just being dance hall songs. So yeah. it's not as widely a thing of like, well, that's messed up. Like, 
what's going on with this because mm-hmm. people are like oh no that's a pop artist mm-hmm. that's a great point yeah and, because, and also there's the general mixing up of the two genres yeah and because most people record, like dance 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 art, yeah. right the most people like i said shaba is a reggae art like no right. it's he's a dancehall artist right. you know even the genre like the grammys we complain all the time like spice and coffee should not be competing for the same award because right. they do two different distinct genres but i mean what do apparently- you call spice's genre what do you call coffee's genre spicy dancehall yeah skin out what's coffee genre reggae neo reggae even <laughs> i mean coffee's biggest records Toast is Toast. not. It's dancehall. Dance dance but the album mm-hmm. itself. But the album. That's true. The album was more in that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that lockdown. And that's what's dancing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's even interesting to, 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 to sub, sub point that point is, is that even when reggae artists do dancehall songs, mm-hmm. they don't shout it out and say, <laughs> yeah, man, this is a dancehall yeah. influence song or this song is more dancehall than that song or whatever. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying she does or she doesn't, but I don't know. If coffee speaks about dancehall music different from reggae That's a good music, point. that's a good point because most because reggae is the more brandable thing coming out of yeah. it's, it's, it's more recognizable. Yeah, so you know, dance that's is true. like okay, all and right. that's the name that the digital stores generally call like the category. You know, if you go Jamaica there. music and Jamaican artists, it's reggae. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, anything out of Jamaica, it's reggae. Reggae yeah. album yeah. chart. Yeah, there's no real yeah, dance. Even, even, even soca music like has to go under reggae, right? That doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't know that. Yeah, but 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 and I think yeah, I think that's worth it. Like when huh. like when Kess did the song with Busy Signal that came out um, a few days ago, mm-hmm. like. Those to me are the types of collaborations yeah. that need to happen for things to grow. Like mm. that's like, it just makes sense. It's like yeah. these two different kind of worlds, but you can see how there could be some intersecting fans in certain respects. And when th- these things come together, come together, the overall scene and diaspora is much greater because even within Afrobeats, there are these different subgenres that exist mm-hmm. and then there are different styles of remix and i'm a piano and this and that yeah because like, even afro you have afrobeat and you have afrobeats that's right. why like they're, they're too right like, huh? well, I'm, a I'm a piano and yeah. i'm a high life mm. yeah and all these djs yeah. and like there's, there's there's so much and i think it's like yes reggae mm. and dance hall it's like okay it would be great if there was two categories the grammys do you ever think it would happen that that they will have a distinct made a distinction between the two at uh, the grammys, uh, the grammys yeah so I think no. it's very unlikely, yeah. No. But Afrobeats, I guess, its own category. Uh, that hasn't been officially... It's not going to get its own category. Yeah. At least their, their talks. Yeah. They're exploring it. And it's seen it. like serious talks. Because yeah. like, I yeah. think yeah. the president It's been submitted. To... It's been submitted. Yeah. But there's a reason for it, right? Is that, is that, is that our diaspora is so small right. mm-hmm. and there's so large. So mm-hmm. the demand for it is, is how many how many people are going to turn on the TV to watch this, right. this, this show if we have an Afrobeat category? Yeah. A billion. A billion. E and it and it got on the and it's like <laughs> I mean, on the on. main Sunday night and not yeah, the so off stage. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I, I the Jama- the the, the, <laughs> gra- the, the regular Grammys for the night. It's never as well. been announced on air. Not, no. not even mm. when Sean Paul performed no. at the Grammys and won that air. No. He still had to get it in some back room somewhere. Yeah. Right. It's and I guess that's the thing we we keep on forgetting it's a business. I think that's most of the thing that we we kind of not remember because as yeah. as you point out, there are going to be a billion people watching 
their their Afrobeat artists collect the award while probably 2.9 if I so much away because probably not everybody have a TV in their right. house. So it's like, would that even make a difference? Like, but I think there's even more to it. I, I, even though that's a good point, I just think there's more to it. Them see the growing influence within their own culture. Because mm-hmm. when I have somebody like Charlemagne, they gotta say, yo, mm-hmm. I feel like said, yeah, this is going to be the next pop or the biggest black music within America. Mm-hmm. Like that's saying something because them man, they're very ignorant to dance I yeah. just heard a growing influence. <laughs> Very. Like, they always like, ask US. people, like, the same thing about Pum Pum. Like, yeah, yeah. ask yeah. Pum Pum. I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah. there's more to that. <laughs> no, there's, there's more to it. Like, the, the yeah. music really I, I make the right type of penetration, if you will. Very sexual. Wow. No, your mind is dirty. <laughs> yeah, she said Pum Pum and you said penetration. Oh, that's probably that's why the connection makes me. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Speaking of Grammys, we don't want to talk about and congratulate Kabaka Pyramid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go, there we go. There we go. Hold on, the stadium applause. There we go. Shout out to Dr. P. We totally predicted this, by the way. I, 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 I don't know. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't make predictions. I feel like Shaggy would win, but we all here wanted um, Kabaka to win. Or we were saying Sean, uh, Yeah, or not other two. Yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah. <laughs> random, random, yeah, yeah, random, yeah. random guy in the mic. Yeah, all random guy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're glad for him. Well deserved. As yep. we were actually touting the album to be very good and mm-hmm. one of, if not the best album for last year. Shout out to Kabaka P. I just want to ask, I guess, though, how do you think that he was able to land the honor? Apart from him linked with, with the Marlies, of course. They've been building his brand and his music in the right way for a long time. Also, shout out Abishai and Dwayne and mm. his management team and, and mm. Damian Marley on uh, production and, you know, They've built his music. If you watch his streaming numbers across platforms, they've been growing consistently over time through having a real plan, consistent, cohesive, quality content, big collaborations, pulling it all together mm. and, you know, bringing the right contributors on board. I mean, there there is a game, but I don't want to say game to like trivialize the the work of the album itself. Yeah. But there is, is, is there a game that, that course, people yeah, have to course, play and like what what does it entail though like what people don't really understand well i think what people understand and and yeah again i, I don't think it necessarily is about this album in particular yeah. because i think mm. it's like this is a very well deserved yeah. situation yeah. and a team that's been grinding and making amazing music mm-hmm. for a long time um in terms of just demystifying how it all works yeah, yeah i mean it's it's about um Cause I mean, every time when even prior to this, cause this is the, in the recent memory I can think of where it was like mostly Jamaica, well, yeah. all Jamaica, all Jamaicans, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nominated, which for, we, which yeah. was a backlash against last year. Yeah, I, like, I, I mean, mean the white the white man yeah. win yeah. <laughs> soldier. I think it was. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> <laughs> the white man win. People always like it was. It's the like most unfortunate thing to me was like I, I'm I'm actually a soldier fan and that was not yeah. wasn't a soldier album that I particularly enjoyed see really? i kind of felt like oh wow. man, this album wow. have to do it because if it was another album i think people might have listened to them and been like yo this is actually not bad mm. Mm. the thing i'd say with 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 soja and and honestly i think that <laughs> when you all had christy uh barber on yeah. Yeah. it was a great like like all right you know, this is yeah. what you actually had to be doing <laughs> but yeah. yeah i mean look soja 
and I know all those guys really well too. And and they've been working hard for a long ass time. Like mm-hmm. This band's been around for twenty five years. Wow. You know, so it's not like an uh, this thing I'll that came out of, out of nowhere. And it's an award show based in the U.S. Mm. where American bands are going to have a an advantage. advantage. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean the 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 general way that it works is that people who have a certain number of credits. Uh, creative credits can become voters. Mm. So if you're an, an engineer or you're um, you play trumpet or you whatever, you have a certain number of registered credits. Um, I believe the number is five on physicals or twelve on digital. Mm. Um, then you can become a registered member, and then there's a certain number of categories that you're allowed to vote for, and it's changed how many you're allowed to vote for. Um, and so it's about getting as many people who are registered voters uh, to, to vote, vote in your category. for your category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then there's all sorts of different ways of networking within that system and mm-hmm. um, becoming more part of events within within the Grammys and um, becoming involved in your local chapter and getting to know other people involved. And um, you look like- <laughs> you know, there's, there's, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Why do I, why do I want to condone that? What? The cash money thing is no cash money. Do I think people are bribing people for votes? I don't know. I don't. That's, I've. <laughs> ne- I don't know of any specific person who's gotten money in mm. exchange for voting for something. Well, I just. I, I, uh, I'm, I, I, I guess I'm a skeptic in that sense, where it's like if there's something that I can ask you to do mm. for me right. that is a valuable thing for me, and you control whether you do it or not. It's a barter exchange. Listen, anything, anything that <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, anything, anything that can be that holds a value and can be traded from one person yeah, to another, yeah, at some point, will be paid for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about uh, social capital. Yes. Here, money. Social words. Social and phrases. Yeah. Social capital. <laughs> oh no. But yeah, what she says here. Stop going like you're smart, that way. Welcome, welcome, Adam. Welcome to the club. Uh, okay. Welcome to the club. For real. Well, <laughs> a shout out to Kawaka Pyramid, though. Well yeah. deserved. Well, yeah. well deserved. Absolutely. Bro. Those Grammy picks they look clean, too. Right, okay, clean. Yeah, yeah. I Shout mean, we shot boy, a, shot man. Yeah, we were having a conversation prior to the the, the start of this the, the interview. Is that like why is it so difficult for like why if white groups and act reggae acts to be so like accepted? If you think there is a, a disconnect there with the the broader local reggae scene why it's so hard for them because we're never happy for soldier non-tall and we're not really happy when they're like mm, the other if, the i don't i don't buy it. i don't buy into this idea that white artists are being <laughs> discriminated against due mm. to their race <laughs> <laughs> good answer good answer <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> like, like no, no. i mean in regards to achievement but, yes but in regards to like being respected here alone connecting yeah, that's yeah. why i say connecting there's, there's there's a there's a huge amount of talent locally. Like, it, mm-hmm. like that's the that's the thing that's crazy about Jamaica is like we're talking about all these genres around the world that have been influenced by a country of three million people. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just walk around. I went to the I went to the um uh, the Bob Marley uh, celebration. celebration Emancipation Park, mm-hmm. and I'm just walking around, and I just run into so many different artists that I know and you're, and producers and this like everybody's there. You know, mm-hmm. like the the amount of talent per capita. To use another really like, <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of people like talent you know that there is here is ridiculous. So 
like it's going to be harder for someone that's not from here mm. to be able to kind of tap in who's making similar music to it. It has to be a really, really dope song. Mm. I think Kali Buds did that with Come Around. Mm-hmm. I think Gentleman. Um, Gentleman has done that. I think J-Boog has mm-hmm. done that. Yeah. I think uh, Magic, um, it's a, you know, a little yeah, different, but be be so rude. rude. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a pop record, but like it's plays a lot like so you know i think it's just like you have to be just like how there's a disadvantage for you know as we're talking about like for like a dance hall record has to be so much greater to reach that broad audience because the overall diaspora is so much smaller because you have so much talent here if you're an artist from somewhere else and you want to be taken seriously like you better have a really dope record Mm. okay Fair. And what I mean, do you think off stage, man? And I think that's fair too. Like random, we, random, random man. No, but I think no, that's I, fair well, to like. Sorry, you know? my, my my only thing yeah. I wanted to throw into it was like I remember back in the day, day right when when reggae sun splash was a thing. Mm. Reggae sun splash used to have an international night, right? Mm. And on international night, you would have acts, reggae acts from all over the world that would come here mm. and they would perform. And okay, it was a, it was a smaller night for mm. sure, and. But people, you got a chance to really look at the stage and be like, whoa, this band is from where? Wow. Okay, wow. Them look like we, they're, they're trying to imitate how we dress. They're trying to imitate our swag. They're imitating music. And it gave you a greater appreciation mm. of the worldwide footprint that reggae yeah. has. So one of the things I was going to say is that whereas Jamaican diaspora might be small, the reggae diaspora exactly. is actually huge. Exactly. But there's very little unity in it mm. because we don't, we don't mix between the scenes. Like there isn't like a you know Jamaicans don't know who's making reggae in in Hawaii. Mm-mm. Hawaiians know who's making reggae here. Mm-hmm. You better believe that. But but there's no reciprocity, and so there's no connectivity between the various blooms and, and, and they are so but they're of, not. Uh, it's not on a broader scale. There's not as, enough. As you, yeah, there's not, not enough. enough and and we though? we we don't make enough of a reach out I mm. believe yeah. to some of those other cultures because those cultures all rate us mm. so that they're like I'm not going to link you oh no oh no I link we and let me tell you as well what you say is 100% true in regards to just appreciating the reach when we say yeah. you know somebody like that embrace the culture but as we did say earlier when it comes down to achievements as like when we see them achieve certain things or I say, oh, they're just doing something to a lesser version that what we naturally, but yet still they're achieving things. I feel that's where the backlash comes into play. Yeah, I feel that. that. You know, like we appreciate, say I do it, you know, I show say the thing, you know, widespread, but it's like, yeah, win awards and I get acclaimed for something that is almost like people attribute to, oh, you did this or started this or, you know, popularize it when, Here's the source. I wouldn't really get that type of praise or acclaim like that mm-hmm. internationally. Yeah. And you think is there is there any effort on ineffable records to try and do more stuff with local reggae acts? Yeah. Slash dancehall acts. I, I mean, to... he's in Kingston right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, no, same brothers are I, why, you know I, taking the bad road. I mean, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and his music conference. Uh, yeah. I mean, look if you if you were to pull up our releases, I'd say it's close to. 50 50 in terms of caribbean versus not caribbean and mm. you know a huge focus of mine has been on creating collaborations between areas that people wouldn't expect so mm. we did a record between the green from hawaii and egyptian um produced by ricky blaze called feelings you know great record mm. um people didn't expect that to come together we did this project in 2020 and then 2021 and we're doing another one this year called cali roots rhythm Kali buds produced it and we introduced Believe it or not, a lot of people in the American like scene don't know what rhythms are. And so we introduced that entire culture to people by creating a rhythm 
aimed at them, but that brought together artists from all these different reggae markets around the world. Mm. The song with Anthony B on that rhythm ends up being the top streaming song. And if you pull up his streaming, you know, most streaming platforms of his, that's his top streaming song now, right? Mm. And it popped into this new market. So it's been a major focus of just trying to create generally this understanding that everything is way bigger together. The mm. overall reach is way greater than anyone thinks. Mm. And to me, it's been all about, yeah, creating collaborations where possible for artists from different areas. I mentioned the whole, the Kess Busy Signal record is mm -hmm. something that's doing that. The Stick Figure Barrington record. Um, Collie mm. Buds did a song with Bounty Killer last year. Mm. Um, you know, there's 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 really countless examples. Um, so collaboration is key for enough of collaboration. Records. Yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. And and it's like this 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 is where people I think have an interesting like understanding of how marketing works. Is like people are like, yo, if I have this huge marketing budget, like that's how my song is gonna pop off. Mm -hmm. It's like I prefer you have a huge collaborator with no marketing budget mm -hmm. than to have a huge marketing budget and no collaborator mm -hmm. because you're gonna tap into that audience. Because that first ring of people around that that artist who are going to do whatever they're putting out there and check it out mm. are going to check it out. So collaborations are a win for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I t and I hear you talk about visuals too. Like, is music mm. videos are important for 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 your um, Mu marketing? Music videos carry different levels of importance based off of the market. So. Mm. As you know, here, music videos are super important. Mm -hmm. um, in certain areas, of the, the music video isn't as important. Like People don't really consume as their primary method music videos. So maybe it's not as important to spend as much on the video than you might spend elsewhere. So I think it's just understanding the market and what can be done best. Because the way I think about any dollar that's being spent, any dollar that's being spent is a dollar that's taking more time away from that artist recouping and making money every month from their music. Mm. Any dollar that we spend, I want it to be in a way where I know if we spend this dollar, that project is still going to recoup in a reasonable amount of time and that artist is going to start getting paid out. I don't want a situation where an artist in 15 years hasn't recouped their project that we did together because we spent stupid money on something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah. Because many Jamaican artists, them complain about that to like publishing people say people them not have they don't know that so all that sort of thing so you you're pretty much trying to help them if you if they sign with ineffable records all those all those things are clear and easily explained and yeah i'm not i'm explained. not i'm not trying to take something that we shouldn't be getting mm. i'm not trying to take royalty i'm trying to explain to you how you can make sure you're collecting royalties that you're not collecting yeah a lot of people don't realize that if you're if you release music there's all these different ways to collect it like you're publishing if you don't have a publishing deal, you need to have a bmi account or an ascap account and that's collecting on stuff then you need to have a song trust account then you need to register your mechanical royalties then you need to have a sound exchange account that collects pandora sirius xm and digital radio plays then you need to collect from the master side Jesus so most Christ. likely there's money sitting out there that you're not collecting that's a lot that's a lie. That's a lot <laughs> there's a whole there's money. money. There's a whole heap of During the during, mm. during the beginning of COVID, yeah. we started going through Sound Exchange, which is where it's Sirius XM, Pandora, iHeartRadio. It's like digital, um, digital kind of radio. Uh, sorry, not digital. Like um, uh, non-on-demand kind of play, right? So like okay. Sirius XM or Pandora. It's like radio style, but it's not terrestrial. We started going through and seeing. Oh, so it's like they just putting like at random because what do you mean like, right so like like um and by the way just because we haven't mentioned this shout out to pandora who has been an incredible supporter oh, of reggae dancehall soca diego, diego has been diego. 
an absolute hero pushing for stuff mm. at Pandora nonstop. Like he has made it his life's mission to get this music supported. Nice. Um, so shout out to Pandora. But unfortunately, um, nobody in Jamaica knows what Pandora is. Mm. Diego's done a a, yeah. a a good job of of getting a, a lot of people. I mean, it's not it's not available here. No, that, but, well, that's what I that's what I'm speaking yeah. of. You know? Yeah, but that uh, don't matter as as long as it reaches. as long as yeah. But so point is, Sound Exchange collects Pandora royalties and SiriusXM and these things. And if you go in and you register it, it'll backdate it and it'll collect stuff in the last three years. Wow. So what we did at the beginning of COVID, we just started searching different artists that we didn't work with, and we would just email their manager, being like, "Yo." You've got all this money waiting to collect. And you what? name the artist, like big artist, three months later, they get a check for a hundred grand. And they probably, they may have made zero dollars from the music that year. We, wow. were just, we just started going through and being like, yo, this guy's not collecting, this person's well, not collecting, this person's know. not collecting. All right, let's just email wow. their manager and let them know. And you don't ask for nothing from Nothing, that? no. Box you guys side. are doing God's work. I, w- I don't want to. I don't want to say it. that, but it's just <laughs> we'll say that. We'll say that because ain't nobody else doing that, bro. Nobody like if you do that, it's like, that's yeah, like I get up. That's like you. That's, just, that's like just, you throw money on the ground and you start walking around saying, "Who is it?" Uh, no, no, worse. You start walking around saying, "Well, we, since we don't know who this is, let's just give everybody a little bit of money." Right? <laughs> yeah, and then split it up. That's usually the case. Like nothing always hurt me. Like the music business. I said, even if I had a. As lick a speck of talent of singing, I would never do it because I watched the TLC music video. I know them music video. TLC document. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. What yeah, I mean. yeah. And they hold them talk about how them break it down and it's like literally pennies of pennies, like one eighteenth of a penny them I get as yeah. as as them salary. I'm like, could never. I would never work with that. But what you, how you do it? That's God's word for you, God. Trust yeah, me. Good says one of Jesus son. <laughs> one of Jesus son riding on a camel yeah a very hungry camel yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I just think I just think in general like it's like long term yeah doing like good business and yeah. like being normal and like fear and <laughs> yeah. whatever like yeah. that'll work out like, yeah. I think so, so I don't want to sit here and be like you're doing all this stuff just to be blah 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 yeah. and like this like it is no, but it's, also, it's, good, it's good for the genre right I mean yeah. and if it's good for the genre that's the genre you're in yeah. mm. so you're feeding yourself in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the long term yeah true and then those artists are gonna turn around and be like yo you guys want to distribute my next record that's how it works. Creates like, goodwill too, you know. Yeah, just right. We, from that, the, goodwill is good business. Yeah, from that, from that experience where you say, "Yo, that's money." Creates relationships. Yeah. yeah. So them, Chris I mean, I'm sure them keep in touch and like da 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 and do that. Yeah, I, 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 I just think that generally sharing information, sharing information, not being insecure that you're not going to be able to figure out how things work next if you share everything you know, mm. like that whole gatekeeper concept we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It's mm. just like... Do you think that's this the true for in our industry? Like, we... Do we, do we have an industry, really? Like, <laughs> like that, sorry. This is one of, you know, that's one of my soapboxes. Yeah. yeah. I, I like I know, to get right, on yeah. That, like, I like to talk about, like, that I feel like we don't do that. We don't no. share resources. We don't share information. We're protective because we all feel like there's only... That there's, there's only if a limited win, amount I of paths. Yeah. Right. So we feel like there's only a certain amount of we can go through the gate. So... I can't. It's, it's something I always say as Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They tell me there's only 144,000 people going to heaven, and I'm like, well, why are you telling me about it? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense, right? So it's it's kind of the same concept. Is that we feel like only certain amount of people can bust. So there'll be 165, right? Boy, exactly. You know what I mean? So if, if if I figured it out, I don't yeah. want to tell nobody because then the next time I put a record out, 
I'm compete. I'm gonna be competing with this More guy. People. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't grow a genre. No. Yeah. But I, I think that's the underlying thing because like there is competition going on. Mm-hmm. But and we're what, and what, what, makes, we're small. Yeah, we're, that's we're a, a thing. small nation. That's the thing. So but it's that, just like what no for them to realize is that even though there is competition going on, you still want. You still want there to be a, a thriving industry where even though com- competition is going on, like enough more people can't eat food, which will grow the industry, which will make, every, which will make everybody bigger, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. you know, the broad scheme of things. The, uh, the second time that I ever met Shaggy, he said to me, he's introduced me to somebody he works for, and he goes, yo, this is Adam. He's the most hated person in the music business. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is a crazy thing to say. <laughs> that's how you introduce? That's what he said. I said, he goes, he goes there's two reasons why. He goes, one, thanks. I gave old school well, people are challenged by the. That's the headline. He goes. He goes. There's two reasons why. One is because old school industry type people are challenged by the business model of sharing information and doing things in this way. One mm-hmm. and two, you're not part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, those are both fair things. <laughs> And he doesn't actually. Yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't well, actually mean hated, but yeah, maybe yeah. like old school industry people who are like, you know, then I get it. Mike got this up. Were you Jewish though? Yeah. Trifecta. There we go. Ah! <laughs> Trifecta. <laughs> right. Let's we don't need a. We don't need a. We don't need to cut that up. Yeah. We don't need to cut that up. Like, yeah. I believe it. Believe it. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, but that's a real thing, right? It is a real thing. That's a real thing. thing. Yeah. People like actually think that there's this. Crazy conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What is it? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think it's real? Yeah. to control the world. Yeah. Is it true? Is that, yeah, is, that is that what that is? You think it's a real thing? <laughs> nah, not nah, not this. It's just that um mm. I don't really want this, but oh. it's just that you know I been, want to. They've been Let's go, man. a part yeah, no, of please. building the, fix, then. the industry. Yeah, they've been a part of building like certain entertainment industry. It yeah. just okay, so makes why, sense that why, they're going why, to be. So why did there end up being a good amount of Jewish people working in in Hollywood? I'll tell you why. Because yeah, Broadway was the high class entertainment industry in the United States, mm-hmm. and they were like, "No, you dirty Jews, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You can't be here. Go over there. That's the dirty industry." So, oh, which is Hollywood? Hollywood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about any industry, right? So, within the U.S., there's all sorts of industries that there are more people of certain ethnicities than than others. So, like policing in the U.S., there's a lot of Irish people because when the Irish and first Italian. came to the United mm-hmm. States, mm-hmm. the Irish were discriminated against. Absolutely. No Irish allowed. A generation goes by, and Irish people just start looking like white people. They assimilate into culture, but. Their parents were police officers, so their kids are police officers, yeah. and this and that. So there are industries that groups end up in more so than others yeah. due to being discriminated against. Mm. And then from that, people start creating these insane conspiracy theories that are incredibly destructive mm-hmm. because they start making people actually think that these things are real. And then all of a sudden there's increases in hate crimes, there's increases in this and there's increases in that Mm -hmm. instead of just understanding like why certain things work the way they do. Mm. And also understanding exactly Jewish record label executive over here. I'm trying to do good, good. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm going to get some ridiculously insane DMS or WhatsApp (laughs) messages 
with people saying crazy stuff like Hitler and like like you get crazy stuff. Wait, pussy, where your Jew go there? You know, people send that to you, like, like yeah, for sure. Of course, really? sorry, I, yeah, of yeah, course. you of all people should know. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Ari. No, I mean, because I I don't know if you doing anything negative, so I'm just no, like, but trying still, to figure out, doesn't like, that doesn't matter. matter though. No, but, matter. Yeah, because, because I mean, bias that kind of a, a especially that kind of a racist or or, or religious mm-hmm. bias, bias doesn't come from logic. No, no, no. it just it, it comes a lot of time. It comes from generational. It's like mm-hmm. my dad said this, so therefore I believe right. that. Mm-hmm. So you know even I mean? even though he's hearing parting large and him do several good things, like people are yeah. gonna pick and say, "Yo, like, oh, or, there's or, some corruption and, and, involved." Or, yeah. or, or they're gonna say that that your reason that you're doing the good thing is to to, to, to do something else, you know? yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you guys. Well, the the the. Jewish community, they were ostracized from Broadway, which would be like stage acting, yeah, and to go into the movies, like picture films. I didn't know that was the, the situation, so obviously it would make sense why there would be yeah. more of, um, more people Jewish people in the in the entertainment community. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's this conflating, it's this idea of like, you know. Let's talk about the issues in the music business. Let's talk about the issues of power. Yeah. And let's talk about the issues that exist and the corruption and these yeah. things. But you don't think But let's there not are say Jews. Yeah. Let's say individuals. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them are not Jewish. Yeah. Some of them are white. Some of them are Hispanic. Some, some of them are this. Too. Some of them are black. Yeah. Some of them are everything. And so it's like, I think people, it's very easy, especially with the way social media exists today, yeah. with the way algorithms exist today, mm-hmm. that hateful speech is going to spread way faster mm-hmm. than nuanced conversation. True. Uh, and so, this is know, a great segue by, by the way, into our next topic. <laughs> At least a topic I wanted to get into. The whole Valiant thing. Mm. You know, the people said about negativity sells more. Yeah. Like, is that necessarily true? Especially like within our music because it was a post. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt your point, but I finished and then we're going out. Yeah. <laughs> Or was I? <laughs> well, that's how, no, because oh. you're saying that, you know. Yeah, so 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 like, you know, when 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 Kanye is going on his whole thing, yeah. and every single day it's just getting wilder and wilder. And he's right. saying Hitler was a good guy, Hitler was this, okay, Hitler yeah. was that, right? Like like he's a madman. Wild yeah, stuff, madman. right? Yeah. And like, you know, it's like, yo, what do you think Hitler would have thought of you, Kanye? <laughs> yeah, he, he would have sent you to a concentration <laughs> camp. Everybody. You wouldn't have got that but, far. Like, like, <laughs> but the thing is, though, like, you, can you contend, though, that there probably is um, a poem? And, like, Jewish people from, and again, this is just basic. I'm, you're probably like the first Jewish person I'm meeting. Exactly. But, like, that there's like. Well, a that poem. you know that you're meeting. Well, yeah. that I know of, right. But like the, the the concentration of power that you talk about, the power dynamics, especially in the entertainment business, it's no change where you guys have more power. Don't you think that's fair? Like you guys have more power, Unclaude. maybe, I don't want to say control, but control of like certain resources and access, access to people, industry, um, inside us, so on. So like there's more. I think there are in- connecti- connection there too, because like you can probably say, hey, uncle. I want to be this, and that probably can help well versus a black person, not necessarily. My none of my aunts or uncles or parents <laughs> yeah. or anything worked in the music business, and they probably didn't want you to be in it either. <laughs> you know, like no, the, like no one, no, they support me, but but no. that's not what they thought I was gonna do when I was mm. a kid. I mean. You know, so it's like no, like I, it's like that's not that's not 
you know, hasn't been the case with me. And and I think and you but know, you've met you've never met somebody who's also Jewish. She's like, oh, you're Jewish, and there's like a commonality there. There's commonality like, between anybody yeah. people. Yeah, but but again, it's not like um, like there are individual people. And sure, when you meet other people who are similar to you, you might see eye to eye on mm-hmm. something or this or that. But like the funniest part about it is exactly what you just said. Like, okay, you're the first Jewish person I've ever met before. So you have all these people making these ridiculous accusations or thoughts about Jewish people who've never met a Jewish person before. Mm-hmm. Like that is just the most ridiculous form of ignorance that exists, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to understand on a macro level why people get to the thoughts that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to think, okay, well, is it easier to point your finger at somebody and blame somebody for something? Or is it easier to like get into the nuance of it and understand everything? Or should it be easier to blame this group of people? Because it's like, the funniest thing to me is like, why is why did everyone decide that it's like Jews are the ones and not like, wealthy like white wasps who are like 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 why is it not like that like, chad's let's not, world. let's not forget who loves like nobody like this is not like like the white supremacists are chanting on the streets jews will not, not replace, replace us, us. Mm-hmm. like they don't want any of us here yeah <laughs> it's true so Fox. it's like it's like any sort of conversation and instead of actually just understanding you know how these different things work instead of um you know, like like coming to quick conclusions is exactly what the people who really dislike all of us want to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know the whole the whole thing. The whole thing is last this last year. It's been I don't. Know, it's been very it's been very eye opening and interesting to see because you just start to like see people come out of the woodworks from mm-hmm. I'm like what where did you, you think this like uh, you know it's all go on we talk about collaboration throughout the night that's been a theme and. We've seen even just on a micro level, like how collaboration between black people and Jewish people yeah. in the music industry can be powerful. It's yeah. been, you know absolutely. I mean? yeah. And that's and that's been the case for a long time. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, like when you go back all the way to MLK, that's what I was gonna say. Mind wise. Yeah, that's right. But the two races, they're not even big noises. That's how we have a lot in common. That's why he looked at me and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm Jewish. He's Jewish or Italian or something. I mean, no one ever knows what I am." To be honest, I didn't even know that. Like, well, as I said, like I'm, I'm assuming it's always more prominent Jews that would, would have gotten the hate, and not necessarily somebody who probably out of the limelight. And as you say, you don't want to be yeah, famous. Not, like, That's not something that you or, want. You know. But I didn't know you'd be getting hate too. And like, really? Yeah, because people, I didn't think you would. I don't know why. Because people not, are believing. Because people are going down the rabbit hole and once mm. you start down a rabbit hole let's go back into algorithms like once you start looking at certain content True. on youtube they're going to start Stuffing feeding you all it. that stuff yeah. and all True. of a sudden you think the world is flat and that the jews are have space lasers coming down from the earth to kill you like like you know right, all you of know, a sudden you know if a chat carry so you know. i might you tell green that <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yes it's been exactly. very interesting watching american politics yeah. because sometimes yeah, I say baba like them things are going for like you thought those things died out from 1960 and it's now 2022 2023 and we're still going through the same things it's like crazy yeah. Yeah. i mean at the end of the day like yeah. you had a president whose name was Barack Hussein Obama. Mm-hmm. And then the next president was the person who was 
saying that he saying that he wasn't born, born. there, mm-hmm. and like 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 that's that's that's, that's crazy the, to me. like that's the big that's reality the of the situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. like well, we cycles, have our first right? it's cycles and reactions. Yeah, yeah it's a con- I mean, I said I've been saying it like Barack is really the most consequential president because he's the one yeah. that realized that racism wasn't dead or how they want to put it or how they try to claim that America has moved forward. But no, it was probably dormant or probably hidden. And I see that with John McCain, like he was like one person. Mm. He wasn't born here. Right, he's the one the, line. Yeah, and yeah. He, she's like, no. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And he's that's a good, he he's a good family man. Yeah. He's a good family man. And as I said, that's where he lost the election because he wasn't willing to buy into the race. Totally. And he used to say, totally. well, Donald Trump come up now and, and it's all happening. And o- Obama course. in his first term had to mention race. He mentioned race less than any Democratic president in the last like 40 years or something. Mm. Which is crazy. Because he had to. Because if he started anytime he would, if he brought up race in any way, he's gonna start scaring off these like mm. white moderates who mm-hmm. like you know yeah. got persuaded to vote for him yeah. or this or that. So he has to he had to like walk this really tight line um, to be able to stay in power yeah. because like he's just dealing with racism and like just trying to convince people like no no you should trust that like mm-hmm. you know this is not like i'm not gonna ruin this country or people being like your middle name is hussein we are terrorists you know that you know in texas they literally had a vote the school board had a vote the government to change every president's name was in their textbooks as just first name last name yeah. they changed it for Obama, instead of saying Barack Obama, they changed it to add in the Hussein. Of course. Just so that people, like, just to otherize it more. Make that name there, yeah, man. Register. Can you imagine what his DMs look like? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, then, you know, we talk about, no, but probably then, a lot of, you know, certain tropes, uh, anyway, they, they, certain tropes are real, um, are true, though, for, for Jewish, the Jewish yeah, community. Can we just ask him in a while, but in the third, like, um, American politics. Like, um, and like there's like more people more Jewish people in power in the entertainment put it like industry. This. Put it like this. There has never been a Jewish president. If you think the there Jews- will ever be one? And I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about entertainment. I said that specifically. There is like a more concentration of Jewish people in in power in the entertainment industry. No? I think there's a, I think there's a yeah, I mean if you think about it, there's fourteen million Jews in the world. Mm-hmm. Which is nothing. It's less than the whole Caribbean population, right? Mm. There's only 14 million Jews in the whole world. Wow. Six million of them were killed. So there's lost 25% of all of them, right? Mm. So yes, in terms of like, is the number of Jewish people in entertainment versus the number of Jewish people in the world mm. higher than that number? Yes. Is there any sort of conspiracy to control the industry or for everyone to work together against this or then that? Absolutely not. So okay. I think it's just the, the, the tropes is where it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's about understanding why people end up in the different positions that they're in. Like, like here's a weird example, but like um, subways, subway restaurants mm-hmm. in the US, a lot of them are owned by Indian people. Yes, I think I read that. Yeah. You know, because uh, they're there because subway operational model was business model was like to franchise, franchise it all. Yeah. So. so it starts becoming a thing within a community mm-hmm. and then other people get involved mm-hmm. in this and that. But there's not a conspiracy of Indian people trying to control sandwich consumption in the U.S. No. OK. All right. <laughs> no, but there is there is the trope of Indian people controlling jewelry or controlling, you know. But Business like 7-Eleven now. I know that. 7-Eleven, so, yeah. sorry. 7-Eleven's yeah. and jewelry. And in, in yeah. Jamaica, we have a thing that Lebanese people control, you know, the clothes and 
control hotels. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I think it's I think it's this word control. Chinese, Chinese people. Yeah, I was gonna say Chinese people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they control the everything now. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And these politicians say we out to them and all. But what you know what I find with this like. Oh, but you're talking about like the actual Chinese government. Doing a lot of investments in, in the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When I said the Chinese, I meant the Chinese. Right, right. But <laughs> that's that says not individual, yeah. individual. Right, no, 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 exactly. No. Yeah, the Chinese yeah. in Jamaica exactly. are like known to control the, co- the whole wholesale business. Yeah. 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 Always have. This before they were making it. Indentured servants, when Indians yeah. and Chinese, when they came over. And for a similar reason, for what he's talking about, about, about the Jews being forced to go to, go to Hollywood, yeah. because people are like, well, we're not going to hire you to work yeah. in our business. So they were forced to have to go into their own business yeah. where mm. the business wasn't about, you know, the person. It was about the necessity of buying this wholesale product. So yeah, you, yeah, you, go, yeah. you didn't really care where you bought it from, no. in other words. Mm-mm. Mm. Well, thanks for educating me, Adam. That was no. that was enlightening. Yeah, you like your first conversation with a Jewish person? <laughs> it was fun. It I'm, was I'm fun. almost sure we spoke to a Jewish person. I don't know. You've, you've definitely. I'm uh, almost. We can go through your guests. Almost. I'm almost. You can tell sure. by the last name usually. I'm almost sure. If there's a Berg at the end. Yeah, yeah. Or no, a Stein. But, 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 yeah. Well, the interesting thing is in Jamaica, the Jews in Jamaica are mostly Sephardic, so it's, it'll be like other names, but there will be many yeah, Jewish names. That Sephardic. Word, Sephardic. Sephardic. More like looking like, like Orthodox. No, no, no. no, no, no like so Spanish so, and Portuguese, really. Uh, Sephardic and Ashkenazi. It's geographical. So like my, like for me, like. A quarter of my family came from Syria originally. I have family that. from Austria, of different parts of the world. But the color that came through to me was my Middle Eastern part. Yeah. Like my, my dad looks like me. My mom, you know, is like five foot two and very white. Uh, you know, like I look nothing like her. So it's like, it's like I, the Sephardic part of me came through a lot then more. You, you can't hide the nose. Can't hide the nose. So your both parents are Jewish? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Sephardi though. I need to learn that word, Sephardi. We don't want to talk about um Valiant and the whole thing there. Um, oh, with negativity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully um random brother can weigh in on this as well. Because I believe it was a post. Um, I don't know if it was Valiant Sorry. post it or but Valiant did comment. This is a blast. Yeah, this is a blast. And it, it gone all over. I think Arumi should repost it as well. Um, it was a screenshot of a music video for Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Somebody named Kane2x says, I commented, he released this like a month ago and it only got 418k views. But when he dropped Glock 42 weeks ago, it already has 2.2 million views. SMH, then then y'all complain about dancehall gone down. But oh no, same one, I bring it down because y'all don't want to hear motivational, positive music. All noir. I got party for my belly, my clot it when we ready. She had dog shit when she ready. Valiant responded, I respect this so much. Um, then you have the likes of Aramish weighing in and reposting the same conversation with the caption. My IG for much of views on this why when artists do positive song, the world don't love it. Like the songs that sing about less positive than media and so much people fuss. Say artists do this and that, but yet the same big people them not spread positive song in media. Then you people, same one now watch and share. What are your views? Well, is 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 it very interesting to me because one of the things that that was in my mind when you were talking about why is Afrobeat taking over, quote unquote, from dancehall in terms of like the, just the cultural taking our cultural space. And I don't he Adam talks about how 
you know, spaces that were created for dancehall and reggae are now being, you know, proliferated by, yeah. by, by Afrobeat. Yeah. And I personally believe that a big part of the reason is that at a certain time, I don't know how, exactly what period, dancehall started getting a lot darker, mm. lyrically. And it became a lot about what you just said a while ago, this glock on your belly and bust out man, head back and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's always been a part of dancehall. Mm-hmm. But it became the hits, quote-unquote, that we talked about earlier as well. Yeah. The songs that were coming out that were being spoken about were being, you know, um, sensationalized were those kind of songs. And I think a lot of people that originally gravitated to dancehall and Caribbean music as a whole was because they wanted to party. Yeah. It's like, like, like Adam said, it's, 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 it's summer music, it's yeah. beach music, it's party music, right? Mm-hmm. We were known, we've always been known as the gatekeepers of cool. Mm-hmm. In any community, yeah. if you wanted to know what yeah. was cool, what's a cool shirt to wear, what's cool music to listen to, you went down the block and you found a Jamaican guy and he would mm-hmm. tell you, right? But he wasn't, talking about killing people and chopping up man and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so when dancehall starts to go down that road with such a huge volume of dancehall being about that kind of topics yeah. and scamming, I think, had a part to do with it, mm-hmm. right? That whole negativity as well and that energy that came from that. Then people start going, well, where's another danceable music that doesn't talk about stuff like this? And they, and they, and they turn to, to, to Afrobeat. Mm-hmm. So... That comes back to something like this. So, so now you have a genre that's 90%, okay, let's say 80%. Let's even for argument's sake, say 70%. Violent, dark, aggressive music. Yeah. And you have an artist who's known for lyrical content like that, right? And then he drops a song that is completely off. Not about that. This mm-hmm. really positive song, whatever, whatever, inspiring. Yeah. The algorithm doesn't even recognize yeah. the song. Mm-hmm. The algorithm goes, what is this? Mm-hmm. This must be some kind of analogy. Let's not push this to all of, even yeah. Valiant's fans. Oh. Because you feel it really has to do with absolutely. the algorithm? It, it, it has to do with the algorithm. I think it's absolutely. simpler than that. No, I'm oh. saying that's part of it. The other part okay. of it is what I said before. Mm-hmm. But also it's that if this is what is rewarded within this genre, mm-hmm. that's why that song is not rewarded because it's not something that's a viable huge part when you can dance is there like a okay well, now we're going to play the inspirational segment mm. and we're going to play 20 songs well, that are inspiring but, yeah but, but that's when nobody's there yeah but there are the songs the but there are songs like that that get followed in a, in there a, are songs that will break through yeah. there are songs that will break through and usually those songs are not by artists who do mostly dark music no because mm. like so, Yaksta was saying Yaksta correct I was going to say Nation Boss, boss right yeah. and that's somebody I was going to draw for yeah. when Humans came out it was like wow this is so different wow yeah. cool but he also doesn't have 10 gun song that he no. released last month no no so I think that has a lot to do with it mm. I, I agree I think I think there's I agree with all that I think you know one thing that's interesting too is just so in general on social media as we know controversial things spread way faster than non-controversial things mm. it's gonna get more engagement it's gonna get pushed harder people be like what's this you engage with it yeah I think there's a couple things one is people don't realize that like YouTube ads, mm. okay? So sometimes you run YouTube ads and they work well. Sometimes they don't run out the gate. Sometimes there's different things. And when you run a YouTube ad, every single person that views that ad, it counts as a view. Mm. So a way that people are jacking up their view count is they're running YouTube ads in specific territories. Okay. Someone views that ad for five seconds, mm-hmm. counts as a view. And sometimes they don't work out the gate. So there's all these factors where like literally you could have a video that does like 500,000 views in a day and another one that does 10,000 views in a day. And like the only difference is that that YouTube ad started running on time Mm. and it was able to literally push out 500,000 views. And so a lot of artists are running YouTube ads specifically in Jamaica 
and you're targeting a certain audience and you're able to rack up those views at not super expensive of a cost. So on one element, just looking at straight up YouTube numbers of like, yo, this song did this much in the first week versus this one is oftentimes missing what actually, if those are active views or if they're more passive views. Um, and then the other element of it is like, yeah, I mean, some people just want to hear certain things from some artists and yeah. some there's something that works for some people and things that don't work for other people. And mm-hmm. then when they do go that other direction, you know, to Steve's point, it doesn't know who to service it to. And I think mainly to most times, sometimes when artists do positive songs, it's almost as if they do it as a, like to say, oh, I did a, a positive checklist. song. Yeah. Like there was no, you know, feel emotions, like the same emotions that when they put in a the gun song, it don't reflect the same. The like same the, energy. The energy, the quality doesn't yes. reflect the same in like their quote unquote positive song. So it's almost like they, see, they do it to say, see, when they don't like positivity, when it's like, well, and I'm not saying that for other artists. Sure. No, yeah. not for what, other artists. What but kind of, for most that, that, that's the animation. point that's the point I wanted to get into that specific to a valiant mm-hmm. like right. when you listen Hall of Fame versus the other popular songs them the production better yeah it sounds better sonically yeah, them song yeah. versus more time this on other records yeah, yeah. I, that's what I, I think, think some of the time like and even if you, you put up a magnifying maybe, glass maybe because he also knows that that song is probably gonna get less of a reaction uh, hence more work is put into it yeah yeah. this Hall of Fame song we just put up a magnifying glass to this even the, the video itself it's 6 minutes long 6 minutes 42 seconds the song don't start in the video until 2 minutes in that's, that's why like, this is not going to be like that's not going to get that <laughs> like, it, it, like, not gonna that's not going to be the video yeah. I wish we knew that this song <laughs> right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a part of it as well, well. that's a, probably the biggest part probably the biggest part like, and even yeah. with that as well like there's interpolations like it pause yeah, and you yeah. hear people speaking like Mm. This is not gonna be the first avenue I got to, to listen to this song. No. So like, I feel like this yeah. argument right here is sort of disingenuous. Yeah. It's like if, if this YouTube show is posted later and you have like a whole like 30 minute part beforehand where we're all just sitting here looking straight ahead. You know, like people are gonna go, them usually go pump your channel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, it, it ruins the viewing experience yeah. and not everybody wants to listen to that and probably go straight to just the the um the teaser, the official audio versus the video. But I mean, as you said, it. they use it to say, see, they don't like positive song. Like, no, we like the song. It's just we don't like the video. Yeah. <laughs> that well, sometimes well, so we, let, let's we, be, we, we like the song. We should play the song earlier in the video. You know what I mean? Let's just be what, what kind of <laughs> <laughs> but but but, <laughs> but Aruaguan, it's the wrong podcast yeah, <laughs> like there's certain things that we like to hear from certain people yes yeah. I do admit that it yeah. seems like our They're culture right. have an affinity for bad mans and like bad True. manisms you know what right, I mean no, but especially to say that people gravitate to negativity if that was the case everybody that do a chopper song would have boss but Everybody majority are them. No. No, no, not really. It, it has to be of a certain quality. True. Okay. For the most well, part. Yeah, I, I, has I, I, to I, I think music generally has to be of a certain quality for people to yeah. consume it on a large, on a large volume, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so that sort of negates your point. I, I feel like 
negativity is something that right now we are gravitating to. It's mm-hmm. it's something that's a lot in our society. It's something that we see in the news and on social media every day. People are getting murdered. People are getting yeah. killed. There's scamming going on. Mm-hmm. The FBI is here right now investigating Ugh. a bank, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. These things are things that are real in our lives. So therefore, it reflects in the music. Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming the music because mm-hmm. that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, right? ridiculous. That's like looking in the mirror and saying, I don't like what I see in the mirror. Right? If society is this, then music going to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's part of our problem too. But the but the whole the point is that the negativity is something that, that we like because we identify well, with it. A lot of it. Yeah. But, but it, it still has to be good. It has to, to be, be good. good. And sure. that's the thing, like if we never And it means that the inspiration music has to be better. True. And if it wasn't if there wasn't any inspirational music, a good inspirational music, and people like Chronics wouldn't have a career. People like Coffee wouldn't have a, people like Leela Ike would like. I think one of the strong points of our music that there's a whole lot of variety. Yeah. 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 But there has to be a balance. Cause That's the thing. And I, I remember I was asking you about consistency because in our, our culture is like we people switch it up. People mm-hmm. do different things. So, yeah. wait, but but you're saying like once the artist is consistent, they do this. They they found they find the sound, they find the message, and it's consistent throughout their career. That's what works for them. It builds the, the the core audience, as you say. Yeah, and I think everyone's influenced by different things, and no one's gonna make the same exact song every time yeah. and everything yeah. like that. But I think it's about locking into a mood. I mean, I think Chronics is a good example where mm-hmm. some of his biggest songs are actually dance hall records and mm-hmm. some of them are, are more roots records. Dance like, hall you know, tinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But, but you know, you have like like um, Smile Jamaica and Skank and Sweet and then you have yeah. Likes and then you have mm-hmm. like, there's there's different things that it's popping into, but it's all fitting into the same mood, yeah. yes. vibe, yeah. feeling. So it doesn't have to be that the production style is exactly the same subgenre, mm. but there's something about, you know what you're going to expect from it yeah. that makes that made that album specifically grow in the way that it did. And also mm. I think it's like, you know, there are like, for instance, what, what, what category of song would you describe like from rags to riches as? Uh, wait. The specific song like from TJ? Yeah. Oh. Um I don't know. Yeah, that's all. No, but like but like um, in terms of mood or, or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not a gunman tune. It's no, not no, you know, like, that, no, that's like, why it would more re- what, oh, lean towards like, reality it? type. Reality yeah. type, like conscious. but it's also yeah. it's conscious, it's kind of inspirational. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that was one of the biggest records mm-hmm. in this scene in a long time. And it did have this conscious uplifting sound to it. Mm. Like, like that's the one that comes to my mind when we're talking about okay, all this negativity that's existing in the mm. in the in the in the core space and this and that in terms of that. But like that to me is an example of a record that like I hear that song, I don't think it's I don't think it's a negative no. song. No, that's a, that's an interesting example to to, to draw for. Um, but I, well, I think the difference to me between TJ and Valiant at this point in Valiant's career is that Valiant is very much right now on his crest yeah right yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. tj tj is kind of like established like people right. tj almost can do no wrong if you understand what i'm saying like his fan base is kind of like all right with him yeah yeah we're with you we're with you we, yeah. because to refer to what you said earlier he has fed them a steady diet of quality music yeah. right. for a long time that body's like well if you released it and you put it out we won't believe you right we trust you yeah i don't want to valence there yet right Hmm. He's yeah. still building there. He's still building. That's yeah, he's true. Still building. And, 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 and to be fair, I mean, how long has it been since boss? Like no, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, give, give him a year, break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> real, for real. For real. Yeah. I don't know also, what he's doing, by the way. I just shout out to Valiant. Yeah, yeah shout, shout out to Valiant for sure. Yeah, just people just have to understand how certain songs function. 
for sure. <laughs> but also, but also, this 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 is like we're talking very specifically. I think about specifically the type of dance hall and that's working here. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we're talking that's a, that's about here. Yeah. You brought up Leela and this and that. And to me, those are different. It's a different thing because that's yeah. working and all in a different kind of world. Well, it still about, works like, here. It still works here. Yeah, but, but you know what? Actually, sorry to get to quote you, but I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh. is it working here in a way that? That other that those other artists are working here. I I don't know. Like, no, not I, I, on no. the same level. No. So, so then, so then that's when kind you say of a, level. What you mean? Because like, I feel like they're still like if you put them on a show, they're still able to pull the same level of crowd. As are they? Someone, uh, you no. feel so? I just think that in regard to like Lila, running the place, Lila they're not Naga seen the in the same, same amount. Lila Naga pull the know. same amount like Valiant is now. No way. No. Leela isn't going to pull the same number of people. I'd say like, but, she, but if Valiant, but, if the Valiant but, crowd comes, she can't still I rock probably Valiant, Valiant had the wrong crowd. exam. Because Valiant had a super hot. But like yeah. any other dancer artist. Okay, like, yeah, I'll give it that. I'll give it that. I'll give it that. You know, okay. I feel like she can do similar things. Hmm. And she does way different no, music. Yeah, but I'm not because you're saying like the quality how she rock it, how she rock yeah. the show and whatever. She's a dope like artist. Lila is an really? is an amazing dope. Well, that is a like, like, what, what he's saying is that in terms of her songs and the reaction to her songs, people yeah. know her music, people know who she is, people recognize her, etc., etc., etc. You know, she she's she's as much a a personality on the scene. Then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. I think it's like there's also the you know to Steve's point about the negative or sorry to the random guy <laughs> off uh, yeah, right, right, right. over there. Um, I'm gonna like drop my mic again or something. So I'm like you know like this idea about like the you know more negative music and just being a reality in response to what people are going through and this kind of stuff and how those kind of songs are a lot of those artists are the artists who are their youtube numbers are amazing but their spotify numbers are not yeah and some of these other numbers like artists like the leelas and the chronixes and and all these other examples that we're talking about their worldwide numbers are, are 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 greater right like you know like so there's something to that in terms of you know, this conversation of, well, only negativity or this or that is working right now. And well, what does working mean? Like, are we talking about what is working on YouTube in one specific in space? Hot, are we talking yeah. about, and like, I just I'd love media. to see the numbers. I don't have them here. I'd love to see the numbers on Spotify for this song specifically, all of you. Mm. Are you on, do you have Spotify? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, okay, I look it up, okay. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's it's really interesting because I, it's, it's something that, I, that again, that's another one of my soapboxes is that we don't take we don't take Spotify seriously. Here, people not enough people are on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to we as a culture need okay. to get on Spotify. Yeah, we consume More. music we, we need through to, we YouTube. Need, yeah, mm-hmm. but but we, and we we just spoke about YouTube mm-hmm. pays less. Yeah. So if you know, that's like saying I know there's two stores I can sell my product in, and both of them are open, and I can go into both and say, hey, could you sell my product? But I'm only going into one, and the one I'm going into is the one that sells a product for less money. That doesn't make financial sense. That's not business smart. Mm. We need to. Everybody True. needs to walk up in Spotify and be like, "Yo, we're there." Mm-hmm. But then, don't, wasn't there some restriction against Spotify? Because I remember. Well, it wasn't available in Jamaica, yeah. but it is now. Okay, yeah. but, it's, but you got to pay for it. That's the big yeah. problem. Yeah. But hey, but it's it's, yeah, it's not expensive. Right? There's a free model. I mean, there is a free, free model, model too. So free even model even even if you took the free model, cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. I, I can't tell you how many artists I encounter where I'm like, yo, what's your Spotify page? And they're like, oh, I don't have one or I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm. Or I go on there and there's three different Spotify pages because every producer they get a song. So mm. I have a Spotify page for them Ch- with Ch- a different Ch- picture. And Ch- so they Ch- have no followers on none of them. And what it makes it look like 
to, to somebody who looks from the outside is that there's no support or co- yeah. for this genre. Yeah. Well, there's no crazy but there's no support for this culture. Mm. So if I'm trying to get somebody to do a song with one of these artists, they're going to look at this and be like, but... That's where they're going to pull up first. But there's but but his Spotify numbers are terrible. Exactly. Mm. And you can say, oh yeah, but his YouTube numbers are great. It's like, but I don't care about that. Cha-cha. Especially when you know the... the I make my money the, over the here. The tactics what people can use. No, but I'm saying, YouTube. exactly. But, but what I'm but saying is, if you make your money on this platform like most people do mm-hmm. then that's where you should be concentrating trying to make yourself look good mm. and trying to make yourself do better because like, you make more money mm. if if artists from Jamaica like we're talking about Valent if Valent was doing the numbers on Spotify that he's doing on YouTube man would be rolling wow hard right now yeah I, mean, I, I don't even see the numbers so I, yeah, not yeah, even if, in, um, well it depends what is what, how, you know, if the producer has the well yeah but I'm just saying generally know. speaking if the, if the genre was sure. doing the numbers on Spotify that it was doing that it's doing on YouTube. Yep. You know, they're in the top ten. For right. sure. Mm. Well, well, Adam, we're gonna let you go. Thank you for coming. I yeah, know you had there's more. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast that we did. It's I'm not watching because it, it's not negative. <laughs> true. No, but you forget it's too we're gonna, informative. No, but, that's but, we're true. Gonna, but we're gonna put the title at the bottom. It says most oh, yeah, hated. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I'm gonna draw the meaning. No, we're not, no we're Shaggy not. says no, no, most hated not. man yeah, in music yeah, business. Yeah, we're not yeah. yeah. I'm people getting a text message right after this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know the title's gonna be. It's okay. Oh my god! Uh, His middle name is is gross. Bust the youth. There we go. There we go. Bust the youth time. Oh yes, there we go. Let's ask the guests first. All right. Let me try remember which one I meant. Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Guess Adam Gross. You had a song Mm -hmm. that you wanted to bust. Remember the name of the artist on the song? Ari Soldier. What it feels like. All right, hear it to people. He kind of said Ari. I hear it all like yeah. Ari. Uh, I was like, wait, what? Like, Ari, Ari, Ari will never become an artist. Never. Nah. Uh, uh, not that soldier either. Zero talent whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but here we go. Ari Soldier. What it feels like? There we go. He has talent. You're such a hater. I'm <laughs> so weird, We're a stranger just the other day I never know you could have make me change my ways I'm not the type of guy who spend the night and stays But now the sun is rising Open up my eyes, can't believe what I see Now I realize you are the treasure I seek You're my medication anytime I feel weak Although I don't believe in love at first sight Whenever I see you, it feels like the first time Melodies combined when we are together Like lyrics from my heart will last forever I would have swear but no Never expected love But when I accepted love from you Pure chills to my body Now I know what it feels to be love and no Never expected love But when I accepted love from you Me feel so sure. I told you about my past, you're still not insecure. I'm giving you my all, you're still a ball for more. Yeah, yeah, I see my future in you. Future. 
not to be truthful With no more secrets, feeling is mutual You are the realest, you give me reasons to stay one of the feels like all right who's your song okay my busty this, week, this week, week is lucian and the song is hide and watch there we go love on wicked snare girl you sure you want to tell me say you love me <laughs> oh boy i'm standing off you fall in love with this so fuck chris start right now i'm live better with those loving on my heart love put the most evil in my thoughts uh, you know if you fall in love with this, a fuck start right now Me live better without love in my heart Love put the most evil in my thoughts Love me, me carry rubber grip in my shots Me, me bleach in the night, full suit camouflage Of course the pussy good, so I'm a girl, me a watch Any loose play, I'm ready for fire shot Love alone, me, me mind crash When pussy good, me no care, me we hide and watch And me we drive till the car won't get me travel in the night trail to make sure a pussy not here. When pussy good, me run down pussy fast like flash. Nah, like me, I'll drive and crash. If she a dog, me I tell. Make sure your pussy not here. No, never never got chatting. Pussy good, me jealous over everything. Me don't need that from your pussy from me skin to skin. Heart race, you a boot up me adrenaline. Treat her like a queen, me are your psycho king. Me take a banana boat if you go for it. Can't make your life, I'm in a trial thing. File down if I your pin and then my buy a ring. Oh when pussy good, me no care, me we hide and watch. And me we drive till the car won't gas. Me travel in the night trail to make sure a pussy not here. When pussy good, me run down pussy fast like flash. Nah, like me, I'll drive and crash. If she a dog, me I tell. Make sure your pussy not here. Feel this a pussy, me go harder. Me girl have the type of wolf to make a killer ton Zaza Soft out like porridge gangsta pre-marriage One go in front pasta hey, You say you bring your pussy come me girl and wear your weird dress Without you me can't prosper When pussy good Me no care me we hide and watch And me we drive till the car won't gas Me travel in the night trail To make sure your pussy not here When pussy good me run down pussy fast like flash Nah, like me, I'll drive and crash If she a dog, me I tell Make sure your pussy not shit yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to think, you know I like your own, I want to tell me I want to Good pussy if you get watch, you hear that? Yeah 
I'm mean, telling you right now, if I even want to bury shit for a moment, I parade a gunshot of fire. Be a shot. Yeah, man. And say, hands full of fat. Let me tell you which fat I'm a fella. Yeah. Right now, don't chat in. Let me walk out of this. Alright, so that was Lucian High Now Watch. Alright, that we can man go with you on Who's your boss to you this? I thank you for falsely <laughs> fakely asking mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um I go with you on your blue lime song called Boss Stream, I chat a bag of things on it. Here you tell. Yeah, no more, eh. Things the same no more. It's not the same no more. Yeah. I miss it tell it don't work no more, they don't care If you want boss, you have to pay your boss fear Cause the mall want money, DJ want money Radio show and podcast want money Coulda write the body song, nobody want hear Them not listen till they pay your boss fear Cause it's all about money, PR want money Manager and producer want money Cause them not have no respect for the craft Song not play unless money involved Your lyrics coulda art, but if your money soft Nothing not go on for your dog Come on now, if you for them YouTube views, radio plays, and them spot for a trending chart. Before that money, pay for song record per hour, them charge. A music video cost, but new artists, them broke. Them save and borrow if you try catch one bus. Them pay the DJ money, play the song once, and you never give me enough to get money pull up. Dog me what I cost. What the fuck? And I like so your song never tough. Now your bank account, they are minus Plus, when them play money, play the chorus Dark talent don't work, they don't care You want boss, you have to pay your boss fear Cause them want money, DJ want money Radio show and podcast want money Write the body song, nobody want hear Them not listen till you pay your boss fear Cause PR want money, manager want money Producer want money, everybody want money Don't let them fool you, the music alone I do it yeah, yeah, don't let them fool you A music business, not just music Yeah, don't let them fool you The music alone I do it Yeah, yeah, don't let them fool you A music business, not just music Yeah, I miss say talent don't work no more They don't care If you want boss, you have to pay your boss fear Cause them all want money, DJ want money Radio show and podcast want money Could I write the body song, nobody want hear them not listen till they pay your boss fear Cause it's all about money PR want money Manager and producer want money Alright, so that was Boss Fear Blue Lion That was Boss the Youth Songs of the Week And that just about does it for our time here um, give thanks to our special guest Adam Gross for passing through. Check him out at the Island Music Conference this week. There we go. Thursday and Saturday. Yep. Where? Where is it? Portland? <laughs> I don't remember. Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaica Pegasus. Oh, no, Jamaica Pegasus. Uh, I don't think it's. I think it's right next door to the Pegasus. I thought it was the Pegasus. It'll be in the description below. I don't know. the description below. I think it's Corlin. It's Corlin. It's Corlin Auditorium. Yeah, that's right. All right. We have technology. Yeah, there we go. I remember looking it up. Yeah. Give thanks again for passing through. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, man. Give thanks. Where can people follow you on Instagrams? At adam.g.r.o.s.s. Wow. <laughs> we'll see. You'll see. Okay. You'll, you'll see it. Uh, you search okay. adam.g. And like the rest will show up. There we go. Gross like disgusting. <laughs>
All right, what do you look after? <laughs> follow right. me on Instagram at A-R-I-H-A-M-M-O-N-D. I don't on know if so you can follow me, E-D-O-T-N-A-R-O. That's E.N-A-R-O on the Instagrams and on the Twitters. Follow us across all social media platforms at the Fix J A. Twitter, Instagram, the Tickety Tucks, like our Facebook fa- uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash fixja. And of, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fixja. And it's at the Courtly Auditorium from 10 to 6. Yep. There yeah, we go. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'll read up, people. Geek out. <laughs>